welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's up, y'all? Along with AJ Riley, Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to Sports Carnage World Series Game Six in full effect. We are exactly where all of us thought we would be at the very least. I think someone in here might have picked a Game Seven, but for the most part, we all figured it was at least going six. Uh, AJ, we were before even jumping on this cast already bitching about the Dodgers' plan <laughs> of attack in Game Six, yeah. where no Walker Bueller, so no pitching of any kind for the Dodgers who decided to go with the bullpen in this one. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays have their number one on the mound. Are the Dodgers just playing for game seven and figure they're just going to steamroll the final game? Uh, it, it it seems awful confident to do something like that. Right. And I get it, like Walker Bueller's incredible and an amazing pitcher. But we saw in Game Four that you're in the World Series and anything can happen, and anything can happen times three <laughs> in a Game Seven, right? Yeah. So I, I just, I do, I, I get, you know, we were talking off air about, okay, you have, you have to win one of two games, right, Paul? You said that, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. You don't have to win today, and you don't have to win tomorrow. Tampa Bay has to win tonight, so they pitch Blake Snell. If that's the case, and Roberts is like, well. We either have to hit Snell really hard or hope that our bullpen guys stand on their head and perform really well for us and give us a chance to win. It just seems like playing for a Game 7 and not trying to close out when you have the opportunity. It's not, but you're not playing for a Game 7. So that's the thing is there's more ways to win than just getting shut down pitching, which could also still happen if the Braves' bats aren't awake tonight or they just get lights out pitching from some surprises tonight. Like, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat and win a game. Okay, but so, the Rays were already up one nothing in the first inning when A.J. brought this point up. So the Rays are already okay, they have on the board. one run. If they if they win one nothing, you certainly cannot blame that on any pitching True story. decisions. I, I agree. So the the thing is, you're trying to maximize your chance to win one of two. So you are you have the upper hand. You're up three two. You don't need to win both games. You don't have to win game seven. You don't have to win game tonight. You just have to win one of the games. So maximize your chances to do well, that. You do have to win so game tonight, seven if you get there. Yeah. Tonight, well, yeah, if you get there, but you maybe you win it tonight. So tonight you have not your best pitching lineup out there, and you have their best pitcher out there. So it's a little bit of a mismatch. But what if you just mash in 10 runs? I mean, you have a good lineup. You could always slug your way to a victory against better pitching. What if? Yeah, but aren't you the one that said pitcher good pitching off, always beats off good hitting? No, I said you want to build your team with good pitching over good hitting, but as we've seen the Tigers many, many times over, it does not always mean I think mean we need to check the tape the on that because I think he pretty we, much we would said have had, good pitching beats good hitting. We would have had three, three World Series rings over the last 15 but years. But you're, you're also in we had, we Hang case. on, we had good pitching and good hitting. We just had a shit bullpen. Right. And, and, and Paul, you're an odds guy, right? So, like, what are the odds, legitimately, that you're going to mash 10 runs against Blake Snow? 0.5%? So, if I'm an odds guy, 
I think the odds of the Dodgers winning tonight are 20%. All things accounted for. Because there's a lot of ways that it can go south. Snell can have an off game. You guys can just be on hitting. Maybe your pitchers actually show up. They are major league pitchers. Maybe they have a really good game collectively, your bullpen game. There's a lot of ways you can win tonight. So you still have, like, not a huge shot, but I would say a 1 in 5. And honestly, that's probably underselling it. Like, if you went, like, actual advanced metrics, I'm probably underselling it. They have, to me, at least a 20% chance of winning tonight. Odds probably put it around, like, 32 percent something like that but i'll say they have at least a 20 percent chance of winning time but if you're playing like strict odds like i think on the flip side but that's not really the question i asked you better chance i asked you the odds well, that's what senators do right but i asked you well it's it's important to understand the I, okay so, to be able to talk in so now that you've put it into I those think co- that they context. have a much better i think by doing this <clears throat> they have a much better chance of winning game seven than the rays have of winning game six does that make sense yes so they're maximizing their chances to win to me by doing this. Whereas if they pitch their best tonight, which still is not going to match what Tampa's throwing out there, but it gives them a better chance. So they bump those odds up to 40, 40% to win tonight. But then if they lose, now they're shorthanded tomorrow, just like Wait, the Rays is Blake's are. Blake's now a better pitcher than Walker Buehler? I mean, they're comparable. I would say very comparable. See, because the offenses are not comparable. The, Bra- the, the Braves, Jesus, I wish. The Dodgers have a better <laughs> offense than the Rays. There's there's no question about that. The Rays were hitting 200 coming into this World Series. The Dodgers were no Well, were hold on. Not 200 on the season. No, for the postseason, the Rays I, were hitting 200 so as a team going into the World Series. Their offense was non-existent for the most part. The Dodgers very much who put up all but they put up eleven size. runs in they one didn't inning. Get, they didn't get the AL's best record by not hitting. And I'm not saying that. So but everybody gonna, knows no, who has a better on, lineup between the team that paid thirty million dollars for their roster and a team that paid almost two hundred million yeah. for their roster. I think it's worse than that. I thought I thought prorated salaries, the Dodgers are at like seventy seven million and the Rays are at like twenty nine. I don't. I don't know the exact. I don't have the exact numbers yeah. in front of me. I know that two players on the Dodgers essentially equaled the entire roster of yeah, the Rays. Hundred percent. Payroll. Payroll is obviously not comparable. No. But the Rays, for their great pitching, they had a fine offense to go with it over the course of the season. Like so, they were super. So here's what I. Here's what I like, think is funny like though. Do you know who's going to start for the Rays tomorrow night? If I was a betting man. Hmm. Charlie Morton. Like, Man knows how to pitch. And what did he do to the Dodgers in 2017 in Game Seven? You don't think the that right, nightmare? But the Dodgers were at a bit of a disadvantage there. Their players didn't know a pitch was coming. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fair. Well, you no, it's not fair because it's proven that it didn't happen in the postseason. It also did not happen on the road. Except for their buzzers. Yeah, uh, that is not for nonsense with the buzz, slander. Like I buzz. will not stand for this. Buzz, buzz. Yeah, you you can bring buzzers on the road. You don't have to have trash cans. Unbelievable. That sounds like a road strategy to me. Regardless, I think this gives them the best chance of winning one of the two, which is the goal. It doesn't matter if you win tonight or if you win game seven. You just got to win one of them. Ryan, you think the Tampa buzzer works better on your to... left nut or your right nut? Mm. It probably depends on what, you, what your dominant hand is. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are garbage. I'm sorry, Paul. What were you saying? So what? <laughs> So AJ, so why why in your mind is it preference to go strength on strength here and then week on week at the end? So for me, I'm not wanting to get to a game seven if I don't have to. 
okay? So give me strength on strength, knowing that my guy is going to compete as well or better than the other guy, and then trust my lineup that is better and more talented in a way that I've bought to produce for my strength pitcher in game six because it, it's baseball, right? And and having to kind of try to account for anything that can and will happen is impossible. So I don't even want to add the variable in of a game seven, right? I don't I don't want to add all that comes with game seven. I want to take care of business tonight and get it done. That's kind of my philosophy because I think that if we're if we're if we're saying that Bueller and Snell are basically equal, right? Then we kind of toss them aside and look at the lineups, which lineup is going to produce a little bit better. Which the Dodgers is a lot which, better. Which if you look, the Dodgers have produced I think a little bit more. I'm trying to like pull this up, but it's not the easiest thing. The the Dodgers have produced a little bit better against Snell than the Rays did against yeah, two runs. We're talking small sample size. I understand size, I understand small. it's a small sample size, but that small sample Statistically size not but relevant. no, but it, it's heightened because you only saw this guy three, four days ago. So I, you can you can keep claiming small sample size because that's like your favorite thing to claim when it comes to baseball. But having seen the same guy within four days does give an advantage. And how much does it matter on the Dodgers side of trying to win this now when you're a team that has been here twice in the last three, four years and have failed to get the job done? You know, you got completely outclassed against Boston and you fell short in 2017 in one of the better World Series we've seen. But you failed to get it done twice. Yeah. Why tempt fate uh, yeah. and force a game seven? That's exactly. Take all that's what I'm kind of saying. Again. Now I will say this: they they have Alex Wood in the game right now, who was a starter. So maybe this is their length guy that's going that they're hoping can shut the Rays down for the next, you know, five five innings, four or five innings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of did like I was talking like a reverse scenario, and then they've saved. Bueller, Urias, and Kershaw if they need them in Game 7, which ups their chances, I feel, of like controlling the uncontrollable in a sense. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I just, I, if I don't have to get to Game 7, I don't want to. No, I agree. I, I, I see both sides. Especially I, with I the way Game Robert's 4 went, side. with how crazy Game 4 was. Right? That's Robert's but fault. Thing, it's, it, it's he not, shouldn't have pulled Urias. zero sum. Like, you're not just forfeiting this no, game. No, I understand. No, I, Paul, I've conceded that fact. That. I'm 100% no with that. you. We're not saying that they're not going to win this game and they've thrown in the towel and they might as well have just forfeited. But they've lessened their chances of closing out the series tonight by doing it the way that they've done it and, introdu- and introduced their a number of variables into Game 7 that there's variables in any game that's, you're giving yourself a massive advantage in game seven I, a bigger uh, advantage than you can have in either of these two games individually and you only need yeah i again i don't really think that this is like a point of contention between us because i think that we all agree with everything that everyone's saying to an extent right like i just feel like not having to get to a game seven is better than you know why i'm aggravated asia you know what aggravates me it's not you it's not your stance. It's that if the Rays do go on to win the World Series, 
which I don't think is going to happen. I really want it to, but I don't think it's going to happen. But if the Rays go on to win the World Series, it will be all about how the Dodgers lost. The I understand Series. that because because like here's the thing that we have to like grasp, and I know that we do, but in baseball, any team can be any team on any given day, right? So you're only given this day right now. Game six is all that matters. I truthfully, shouldn't even be looking forward to a game seven. They should be saying we're doing this. Well, they're not. We are. I, we can 100%, do that. Hundred percent, right? We're allowed to. But do that. but I'm not trying to. I and I get your positioning of saying I've up my chances for winning the World Series by winning one of the two. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. But if I'm putting my eggs in a basket, I want to win this game right now. Given the depth that they have in their starting pitching, right? Which we said at the beginning of the series, the strength of the Dodgers is their starting pitching. The strength of the Tampa Bay Rays is their bullpen, right? So so sure. now, given the depth that they have, why would I not go out and try to win both of these games, right? Like, I have... But you are. See, I hate your okay. here. You are trying. Yeah, to win you're them. trying to win. You're not throwing in. The you're towel. not throwing in the towel. But why would you not give yourself the best opportunity to win tonight? Which by starting Goslin, they did not do, and then shuffling in all these right. players, they did not do. Strategically, they are planning on if it gets to Game Seven. If it doesn't, great, fantastic. Walker didn't have to pitch. But if it does get to Game Seven, they absolutely have the advantage on the mound. But think by about this. this decision for Game. But six. think about this: you are to a point in this series where, if you win tonight, your best, the best pitcher on your team, through one game in the World Series, which is fine, right? Like you still won the World Series, so that doesn't matter. You still, they still should have found a way. I think, given his age and all of that, to find a way to get Bueller into the game more often, right? I think he pitched Game Three, and maybe that was a rest issue or whatever. But well, yeah, he pitched Game Seven against the against the Braves. Okay, so I mean, so that's obviously that did one or two. Yeah, so that obviously didn't line up for him. I just think that like he he could have pitched tonight. And they could have closed it out and been celebrating tomorrow instead of possibly having to come back and win with who knows what's going to happen. Right. It comes back to what we talked about last week and pitching Kershaw on short rest in Game 7. Right. And being in that situation again. Which, like... Like, see, so that's the thing, right? Like, so now, now Roberts, who clearly overthinks his strategy in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to think about strategy and plan for strategy. But so tomorrow, let's say they lose tonight, right? So tomorrow, who do you start? Do you start Bueller or do you start your Clayton Kershaw? I mean, I, I agree with you and Matt in the sense that I would try and maximize my chance to win right now. I wouldn't even be thinking about a game seven. I'd tell my guys, we're going home tonight. Yeah. Pat. Pack one seat. Right. <laughs> like there's no there, there's well, I mean, no there's no game seven in our mind. In we got to do everything we can to win the World Series, right. and we have that opportunity right now. So let's go get it. Because because what happens tomorrow, Paul? If you start Kershaw because he's your veteran ace, right? The you don't start him. You're starting. I, well, okay, but we also know that Roberts overthinks things. 
So I guarantee you, he will be having a mental wrestling match with himself tonight. It, you're not. You're not starting Kershaw on short rest. It with doc his very 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 well documented postseason struggles. Like there's no reason to put him in a more awkward position. You but he's not been. But he's not struggling in this World Series. And if he goes the first three innings for you, yeah. and then you let Walker go the rest of the way. That is your break glass in case of emergency. That's that's what I mean, he is. You have all of these tools. You're saving all of your ammo, all of your big guns for the final game. Tampa's coming at you with a bunch of knives and like a pistol. And you got your case of assault rifles for game seven. And you know what? Maybe Tampa I'm outplays putting them you down tonight. with their arsenal. If they're wounded, yeah, that's the thing. execute them. But but tonight tonight your strength on strength they have an equal arsenal to you tonight. I I agree, but but your backup your lineup is stronger than their lineup. Like I'm I I am sacrificing some pawns tonight, and I still might get a checkmate. I might get lucky anyway, and if I don't, I I still have my queen, my rooks, my bishops. They're down to like a knight and a couple pawns. But yeah, we say that, but I mean they still have. Charlie Morton. Anything can happen. And yes, a very sure. strong that's, bullpen. That's sports. That is sports. Like I am, I am playing the odds, and I am, I am, all of my eggs, except a couple in one basket. But I got a couple that can hatch me a win tonight, and I'm pretty good with it. It's not so. If the I think this will be a lot different if the lineups were reversed. If if Tampa had the offense that the Dodgers had, and vice versa. Then you might have a different discussion, but there's no even then. I mean, these are professional hitters; they can go off in any game. And baseball is a weird sport. Mm-hmm. In baseball, no one's hitting home runs every time they go up to bat. Unless you're and, you so, know, unless Randy you get unless you get Arena. a bunch, you got the best players in baseball. Thirty percent of the time, they're getting a hit, right? So you need that thirty percent to happen within the span of a couple outs to actually score runs. You're reliant on so many things happening just to get on the board. Very weird sport in that regard, which is why there's so much randomness in baseball results. Literally anything can happen. You can pitch great and still get lit up. Shit happens. It's a very weird sport. I I I like the way they're playing it. And I certainly I think what this discussion proves more than anyone else, whether you would play it the same or not, what I think it proves is that you cannot get mad at the decision they make. You cannot say you shouldn't have done that. This is why you lost. You're no longer allowed to say that because regardless of which side you're on, you can't possibly say there's not an argument to do it the other way. You can't possibly say it's completely cut and dry. Would you agree to that? No, I I actually wouldn't. Um, because you look at the decisions that Roberts has made over the course of these first five games so far. Especially game four. That's irrelevant to tonight. No, it's not. It's because not, it goes into his decision-making process, right? So so you can you can say, you know, like... What, what, what decisions has he made the first five games that would have changed how he runs tonight? Pulling, uh, pulling Urias in Game Four. You may not be, might not may be happening not, right you now. You may not even be in a Game Six if he doesn't pull Urias in Game Four. Well, that's that's not a, that's a completely different discussion. Then we're not even here having this discussion at all. Right, but it changes his decision making because right now his decision making be: Do I want this beer or that beer? <laughs> if we're st- if we're still three to two at this point, he hasn't done anything that changes how he's. Well, I, this but situation. I can tell you right now that there's people around the baseball world that definitely say that he lost them that game in Game Four. 
And if they don't, and if they don't lose that game, then they're not having to make this decision. And if they, and if they don't come out with a strength pitcher in Game Six and lose Game Six, and the Rays came back and win Game Seven against their massive arsenal of pitchers that they've stockpiled for a what if game, then yeah, I think you can look at the decision tonight and go, did that put us in the best chance to win? Did that entire conversation is on Dave Roberts' decision making, right? And if you're playing like a coward, the answer's no. right. But he's not. But in, he's putting his balls on the table. No, I mean, yeah, he's no, not he's, he's got yes. all his balls on his back porch. No, I here's here's what I think Dave Roberts is doing. It's the cardinal sin of all sports. He's playing not to lose. That's not. I see. I don't think that's what he's doing at all. I I look at in. I but, I agree with you with what you said. But but besides the fact that he's doing it, he is playing to win. No, he's period. playing not to he lose. Is, game seven himself, is what he's doing. He is, he is giving himself. The best odds to win one of these no, games. He's giving himself the best again, odds to not lose he's win both of these one games. One of these games. No, he's giving himself better odds to win game seven by taking away his odds to win game six. But overall, he's giving himself Maybe. better odds to win one of them. Maybe. Which is what it's about. And that whatever that number is, that's the right but call. I think, but I also think that it's it's a perception thing. And it's an idea that, like... And it's not, like... Okay. And it, 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 all this talk about Dave Roberts, like, he's been there since, what, 16? <laughs> yeah, and he's lost them just about every World Series that they've been in. <laughs> except for the World... Except for the Red Sox. He cost them... What about the What about the first eight years that the Dodgers underperform and choked out early? I, what about I, them? This is not... They've had so many good teams. I, I think he gets way, way too mm. much flack. For them not getting it done, they had these good last pitching. They didn't have much. great offense. No, they had great. Teams. They did not have great teams. Yeah, they had great teams since 2015 and yeah. on, but not 2008 to 2015. Those weren't great teams. This I mean, the greatest run as far as consecutive playoff appearances right. for the Dodgers ever. But they haven't. But it doesn't mean their teams before were bad. They weren't this level of good. You don't think their 2013 team was awesome? I don't know who was in the lineup in 2013. But then what are you even talking about? Yeah, Matt. Why don't you have the 2013 Dodgers 1 through 9 right Seriously, over your head? Why don't I just have that ready and pulled up for you? I got it. Asshole. I'll wait. I got it. Well, I, you're the one that said it like you knew. You're the one who's saying they've been great for a decade. <laughs> they have not. Or a decade plus. So You said they've been great for 15 years. They haven't. They Have they missed the playoffs? Like what? Twice in the last twelve years, if that. So the two thousand and thirteen Dodgers had one player that hit below two fifty. Everybody else was two seventy or higher. Pretty damn good team. Not bad. Yeah, they won the West. They won the West. They didn't have it. They had Chris Capuno, who had a four two six ERA. Everybody was three and a half and under. And that was a year that Kershaw had a 1.83 ERA. It's a really good team. <clears throat> it is a really good team. Kershaw but where did they? The playoffs see, where did they get to? They lost to the Cardinals. They the lost to the Cardinals, right? And I wonder if it's because of the tinkering that Roberts did with his roster, or the, no, he wasn't, this, he wasn't there. He was, that that's was my point. That's why. Yeah, that's why right, I'm pointing right, out right. these teams. They've had good managers, and they've had the same problem. And I hate Dave Roberts gets all this blame for his tinkering and his overmanaging. At the end of the day, the players have to go out and do their job. 
It's not Dave Roberts' fault if Kershaw goes out and gets No, but bombed. it is Dave Roberts' fault if he comes out and takes out a pitcher who's cruising through four and two-thirds innings, and they end up losing that game. <clears throat> that is Dave Roberts' fault. Agree? <laughs> you know I agree. I know you do. Where did Paul go? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> he had to think about it. I- I'm trying to think. No, I am trying to think of a way to circle back around to what you've been trying to prove that no bring the proper nuance into it if he leaves he he took him out because he walked one guy his sheet says his sheet says his eyes say he's starting to lose control his sheet says at this point if i leave him in here the likelihood of him starting to allow runs is going up 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 with every single batter i like the matchup i can get if i pull him now before things start to deteriorate. Because if I leave him in here, and now this guy gets a hit, and then I have to pull him, now I'm putting in my not-so-great bullpen to get out of a bigger jam, and maybe this game gets away from us. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, and I don't have that sheet in front of me. But if he left him in there, and he allows a hit or another walk, maybe even another hit or another walk, then has to go to his bullpen, now it's a complete mess. You're having the opposite conversation. So in in the inning, it's, it's in the not inning, cut and in dry. the inning that he pulled him, gave up a home run. Yep. Okay. So the Rays are now trailing by one. They were up three one. He gives up a home run in the bottom of the fifth. First batter strikes out a guy swinging. Strikes out a guy swinging. Then he's take. Then he takes him out. Where he's about to face a guy that he's already taken o two in the lineup. So, I mean, the inning before that, he gave up a home run and a single, but I don't see justification for a guy losing control. I mean, he struck two guys out after he gave up a home run to the leadoff batter in the fifth, and then he got replaced. So, regardless of what he was seeing with his eyes or whatever his, his sheet said, there's one of two things that happened. He overmanaged, or he didn't want him throwing more pitches, so he had him in the arsenal for Game Seven to make sure that he didn't lose this World Series too. So I don't, I don't think that's it. I do not think in Game Four, four. Is this Game Four, I, in Game Four, I listen. In this, I would tell you, I would agree with you if you said he should be fired for it. In Game Four, he's not thinking about Game Seven. I don't. You could be the biggest Dave Roberts hater in the world. You're not gonna. No way in the world should you think that in Game 4 he's playing for Game 7. To me, that's absolutely ludicrous. And they had a 2-1 lead in Game 4? 2-1. They were up to so then given, right? Yeah, he's yeah, just trying to win, figure out how to win two of the next so three. Then, he, he so then not, you, so then you playing, agree he overmanaged. He's not playing for Game 7. I. It's not that I think he overmanaged. So if he, well, he gives options. up a home run, so he's starting to get a little shaky. But if Dave Roberts – maybe Dave Roberts was going to pull him then – but he says, I think he can get these next two guys. I really like the matchup. I think he'll cruise through them. But I don't like the third guy. So if he shows a sign of weakness or gives up a hit, he's out. Or if he gets these two guys, he did his job. I'm happy. I'm going to my bullpen now to finish out this game. After four and two-thirds innings? Why Why does it have to be after four and two-thirds innings? You have the Rays that will have a starter go for an because inning. Because the have Rays come bullpen for is their strength. The Dodgers bullpen is not their strength. 
Okay, so that Urias with a, a 1.31 ERA five. is a strength. It's it's not like it's not like he pulled him after two innings. No, but he pulled him after four. He and pitched two-thirds. over half the game. He pulled a starter he after over no. half the game. Who had he ten pitched strikeouts. over half the game? Not no, he pitched over half the game. That doesn't matter. You have you have ten strikeouts on your starter Nine. at eighty pitches. Nine, sorry, nine strikeouts at eighty pitches, and he's about to face a guy that he's already gotten out twice. And 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 <laughs> the two batters that he struck out in the fifth inning were the first two times he went to a three ball count. Does that not lend credence to exactly what we just no. told? No, not when your strength is your starting pitching and your weakness is your bullpen, and you know this as the manager. It's, it's... Actually, actually, I take that back. He never went to a three-ball count. So why are you lying? Because I misread the stat line. They have strikes on the right, balls on the left. Listen, I, I don't I don't remember every pitch of that inning. It's impossible. I've watched two games since then. I'm not saying it's the right call. I'm not. It's overmanaging, I and it cost him the game. I would have probably left him in, but it's so easy for him to have gotten jammed up. And if he saw anything that gave him doubt going forward, and you, we, how many times have we talked about third time through the order, right? Okay. Well, yeah, he's an overmanaging, paranoid fuck. He saw stuff <laughs> in his own mind that wasn't actually yeah. there. Wow. Because, because the very next inning, Paul, the very next inning, the guy that he brought in, to get the final out of the fifth inning, the very next inning, he goes single, walk, strikeout, home run. And now you no longer lead the game. And now we are in the most fun game of the World Series by far. When It was lit. Huh? It was it lit. It was. Yeah, game four, as a, as, a, as a fan of baseball, you're not a fan of either one of these teams, game four was a blast. The ending was incredible. The ending really was ridiculous. That was crazy. Oh, the first time I saw the ending, I didn't see the catcher miss the ball. Neither did I. And so I'm like, where? So I'm like, where is he going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. did he either. not see the guy fall on the ground running either. towards him? Where the I hell is he going? Jess and I were sitting so on the couch confused. watching, and we were like, oh my goodness, pure it chaos, was. pure chaos, but the best kind of yeah. chaos. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was a, it was a Rosarena, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wasn't that who was going home? Of yeah. And he, and he falls halfway there. So, I'm like, so oh, AJ, this is a great so way to get out of the inning. If if the Dodgers lose this World Series, you pinning it on Dave I, Roberts. He's the reason. I'm oh, hundred percent. And stop. and there are plenty of people that I. Oh, I know the Dave Roberts hate. It's not even it's that. Legendary. It's it's like people who know the game well inside the game, all of that kind of stuff that. A hundred percent are on the well, same especially side. Especially if they lose this game, you know, by one run, and it's a lower scoring game, and you didn't have your best pitcher out there to maybe take away two of those runs and turn a one-one loss into a one-run win. No, yeah, I, no. Yes. If it's if they lose a two, no. That the lower the scoring game is, the more justification he has for what he did. No, not if it's four three. No, I. I if it's four three. Yeah. No, not even. No, yeah. not even a if little bit. If it's four three, I want no, my best pitcher out there to take away two of up, those runs. No, if they only give up four runs with their bullpen game, although I consider a low scoring game like three two or lower, but I'll even give you the four runs. If that's all they give up, then there's no debate that he made the right move because you you're you. If you send out your best, you're going to average giving up at least four runs a game. So true. you did a great job. You might have just given up two. saved your best. And you won 3-2 instead of losing 4-3. And oh there is no God, game seven. Math checks this. out. <laughs> no, no, the math does The math does, does not check out. Four minus the math two does not two. check out at all. 
AJ, what's Walker Bueller's ERA for the World Series? The Dodgers. Hold on. Oh my God, I can't. I can't with you people. <laughs> oh, it's one eighty. It's one point. It's one eighty. Yeah, one point eight. So two runs. So two runs instead of four. Sounds like that math checks out to me. Yeah, he went six six innings, gave up one run in his one appearance, ten strikeouts. Mm. Mm. Could have won this game three two instead of losing it four to three. Unreal. Damn shame Unreal. you didn't start your best pitcher when you had a chance. I mean, yeah, so go one person I was talking about, one person I was talking to about the situation, he go, he said, you know, you save your best pitcher for a game that you may not play, right? Like. That's the logic that right. we're dealing with here. That's the that's the best part. If you don't play, you won the goddamn World Series. And if you do play, the much maligned bullpen that you guys keep saying is terrible and that they shouldn't use, they don't have to go to it all in Game Seven because they have no. They're going to put Urias and, have, and Kershaw and in a position to come out of the bullpen they that they're not used to. Not used to. You're a fucking major league pitcher. Get do you know how much routine <laughs> matters? <laughs> Golly. No, you're un- that's just the most ridiculous thing. I love when Paul goes to the you're a pro, you should know how so, to do it. So so listen. No matter what the like, sport or situation. Let me just let me just clue you in on this for a second because I listened to a different podcast that Kershaw was on and they were asking him about his game day routine. That dude has his routine down to the minute. He knows that at two thirty seven he needs to head to the ballpark. That's how refined his routine is, and they're asking him to mess that up in Game 7. That Wait, matters. Back it up two hours to get ready to come in for the fifth inning. That matters. <laughs> Wake up two hours later. So so I get what you're you saying. You know, start that at noon, started at 2. I get what you're saying about the mental preparation. You're, you're a major league pitcher. Deal with it. Superstitious hogwash. Uh, what? Superstitious. It's not even it's superstitious. Not. It's routine. <laughs> it's not even superstitious. It's routine, man. If you If you cannot go out. And pitch because you didn't eat your Cheerios with the with second hand in the right place on the clock. You should not be a major league. Okay, pitcher. so you're saying about that about and that's why the you great, gave up so like, many god dang runs. Arguably the, the greatest pitcher of our generation. You're saying that he shouldn't be a pitcher because regular season. Pitchers, yeah, he's, yes. he's got the most strikeouts in the postseason. Yeah, longevity. Hello, Frank. Oh, he got it, and he passed up little cheating as Ruin. So I mean, yeah. I, it's a bit ridiculous that you would make that statement that routines don't matter because they absolutely matter, especially in a game that is so routine. After you pitch, you you run the next day, you stretch out, you throw your bullpen on Tuesday. Once the game starts, all of that goes out the window. No, all no, of it. Be, Nothing is routine about a baseball game. No, but game. you know what you doesn't go out the window? Minutes. You might have to sit 30 minutes for an inning because Yeah, but you know what doesn't go out the window is your inning. mindset. You might have a rain delay. Your mindset doesn't go out the window. And if you are comfortable and in the right so mindset, go, it so doesn't go out. So if that's the case, out. go through go through your go through your tradition. Go through your routine and get your mindset right. And then sit and wait. It's no different if you come in and pitch half an inning and it's pouring and you have a two-hour yeah, Most pitchers don't like that either. And then a lot of them don't exactly. go back out after. And most pitchers don't go back out afterwards. Thank you for proving the point. Unreal. Honestly, unreal. <laughs> what, that you're on an island of incorrectness right now? An island of do your goddamn job. There's nothing routine in baseball. Shit goes sideways all the time, no, whether it's the weather or the No, but you control what you can control in an uncontrollable game. You can't control shit. That's my point. You can control what you can control. 
You can control when you get to the ballpark. You can control what you eat before you get. You control what you can control in I an uncontrolled I said once the game starts, all of that goes out the window. No. No, it does. Yes, it does. The circumstance. Yes, it absolutely no. does. Because you don't control the goddamn game. Right. The circumstances are uncontrolled. But as a player, if you're going to be in the right mindset, you control what you can control. So, so, so AJ, so I, Bueller starts game seven, and he pitches an inning. And uh, we get a two-hour rain delay. Bueller's not coming back out for two, you think? That's amazing with the roof over the damn <laughs> I know. That would be incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a big problem. <laughs> that would be a major problem that for the people of Arlington, Texas. Hold on a yeah. second. Yeah, we you know, it, they, they, they probably field. just postponed the game. They're playing in Tampa? No, they're playing in oh. Arlington, Texas. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Holy. <laughs> I I really did forget, but that's not the point. But it anyways. is the Obviously point because it's a farcical example. But it would never happen. They would tell him to suck it up and go do your goddamn job. That's the point. They would never be like, oh, it, we got a little bit of rain. I guess we're going to our bullpen. No, the they, would go, they would that go would to Urias or they'd go to Kershaw. No, they wouldn't. Not in the World in, Series. In a game they wouldn't. Seven? The hell they would. They, they didn't even have to get to Game 7 if they would have right just pitched him in Game 6 right. before the rain and, leaked through and the And if you know oh, that it's going to rain God. on the day of Game 7, <laughs> exactly. then, you, then you might play Game 6 a little differently. Do you think Dave Roberts' sheet has a forecast for tomorrow on it that'll tell him what moves to make tonight? <laughs> we're, we're getting Do you so think that Dave Roberts the reads is, the moon charts of all of his players? Once the game starts, once the game starts... I pr- man, he probably I does. I don't know, Walker. Mars is in retrograde. <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, you're, you're not going to start tomorrow. game six because the moon is slightly 33 degrees and it should be at 32 degrees. When the oh. game starts, everything, everything oh, bro, else. Water moon tonight, no chance. Do your job. You just stay on. Do home. your job. You're a pitcher. <laughs> don't even drive to the stadium, man. You're going to get in the car accident on the way. It's going to be ugly. Just don't even show up. I pray to God that our next podcast is Dave Roberts hate. I want Tampa to win this series. Well, they will if he keeps making moves like this. <laughs> All right, so it's still one nothing Tampa. Can I? Can, let me make one board. more point. Here, here's one thing that you need to know. Alex Wood has thrown two good innings. See if he comes back out for a third. And how long his leash is, because we'll at, find out shortly. We'll right, find out next. That's what I'm saying. That matters because. <laughs> Well, how long should his leash well, be? Well, it depends on, I mean, he... He keeps him at one run. I think you keep that leash for a little longer. Yeah, I think, I mean, you could go batter by batter, but I want to see what he did this year. I mean, Woods has been perfect. Woods has thrown like 80% strikes right now. 75%. No, 80? I had math bad. Name bad, too. There's no S. It's just Wood. 80%. Yeah, 80%. So Alex Wood this year... Was not very good. What are you talking about, Matt? He only pitched twelve point two innings this year. Matt, you, no, hold on. You called Matt, him Woods. I said his and his last name's Wood. No, I I said Woods thrown, like. He must have been coming off an injury or something. Wood has. He must have been coming off an injury because he only appeared in nine games. According to you, Dave Roberts has a concussion, so. No, I think he's missing his brain entirely. <laughs> Can't have a brain injury without a brain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man, I, I right. hope he's terrible. So we are still at four at bottom of the fourth, one nothing raise. Uh let's see. I had Dodgers in six. I think Ryan had Dodgers in six. Yeah, buddy. 
I think Paul, I had. Did you have it going seven? I had Rays in seven because that's what I wanted. And right. I, I think I had Dodgers in seven, didn't I? Or did I have Dodgers you in had seven? Dodgers in seven. Be good. I, I said I said purely, from day one that I if this game this got happen. to if this series got to game seven, the Dodgers would win. And Paul picked I'm against gonna... Dave Roberts in game seven because he just. You know didn't why trust they'll win much. in game seven? You know why they'll win in game seven? Because Dave Roberts set them up to win in game no, seven. No, because Dave Roberts set them up not to lose in game seven. And now, baby, Mookie's walking oh, off tonight God. and getting that MVP. I don't know. You man. won't have to have a hell of a game to do that because they ain't yeah, even I was talking gonna say, right Corey Seager. Up, Corey he's Seager. Hitting, he's hitting like 200 for the series. He's been terrible. Yeah. Corey Seager. Kershaw. Kershaw. T- Turner. Turner and Muncie. Yeah. I don't know. Muncie because of all the RBIs. but it, Yeah, but he's also 7 for 19. Yeah, was that, yeah, Muncie and Seager have been ridiculous. But, but Seager hitting like 450. Yeah, Seager. Like, Dang. if the series ends tonight, Seager is the MVP. <clears throat> well, I mean, if he goes over tonight like he is right now, I don't know. Snell is dealing. There's a, a lot that can go on. Although everyone's going over. The Dodgers got one hit through four innings. Yeah, because Blake Snell's on the mound. We went over this. One base runner, four innings. Trash poverty franchise. Well, it would be nice if it was a tied game. Yeah, All right. which it would be if Bueller was pitching. Let's get this over with before COVID takes out our season anyway. But college football returned kind of, <laughs> sort of. It actually already returned, but according to Paul, it really returned because the Big Ten was finally back in play last weekend. And, Paul, your Michigan Wolverines were fantastic on Saturday night. Uh, thank you. Sorry, thank AJ you. and Paul, your Michigan Wolverines. Ryan, our Spartans, not oh, so man. much. Uh, that was quite hideous. Turno, I think they. Oh wait, they just turned it over again. Um, it was bad for the Spartans. It was good for the Wolverines. Ohio State looked like Ohio State in the second half. Uh, Penn State got absolutely screwed <laughs> against Indiana. Oh my God! How you call that a good two point conversion? I will not know. Uh, they deserve to be screwed. That's though. fine. That I'm not arguing that. Okay, there is no argument here on that case. But it's, it's a ju- it's justice and karma. That ball do, hit out of bounds oh, before it bounced into the pylon. You're out of bounds at that point. The play is done. I don't care what happens afterwards. If he does a freaking somersault into the end zone afterwards and goes over the pylon, you were still out of bounds. The ball is out of bounds. You are out of bounds. That is what we have always seen with football. So how the hell is that two-point conversion good? And don't tell me that, oh, it's because they called it good on the field. No, I saw irrefutable <laughs> evidence that that shit was out of bounds. I, it's, so I, I guarantee that they will take this loss because far more egregious calls was it, gave was them it a, a big 10 championship. So Oklahoma in state that was in a game. They got so. like a fifth down or something and they gave them the win. And then like Oklahoma state was like, nah, we know they didn't win that oh, game. So we're not counting that. It <laughs> was, oh my, this was, it was like two years ago. No, there, so there, there is a oh famous fifth down game. And then there was a game a couple years ago that I think Paul's thinking about was central I don't Michigan. Think it was a fifth down. Where they were down. On like yeah, the it was central. It was and they central. They were doing the lateral, and they were down, and then they didn't call them down, <laughs> and then they ended up scoring and winning. It was it was central, and but I think it was it Oklahoma State. I think it was Oklahoma State and Central. It was wild, but no, I thought there was like a, I don't know. There was some. It was super weird. It was crazy. Okay, apparently there was a crazy one between Missouri and Colorado in 1990 because that's what's showing up right now. Yeah, is, that's, is, that's that, is that the fifth down time. game? Because I've heard of that and yeah. I've seen the footage. Apparently that's the... I just don't remember. Listen, I just don't remember it. You Spartans would know a lot 
about extra downs. Clock gate bullshit. Yeah, what are you talking about? There was no extra down there. Uh-huh. The no, there was, was, there was one second on the Literally clock. Literally over. But no, nah, we'll, we'll talk about this week's game. Do you guys want to start? You want to get the depressing stuff out of the way? Or do you want oh, to say I'm fine, that? no. Uh, it, was, it was Central Michigan and Oklahoma State. Yeah, I thought it was. Do you guys want to get the depressing stuff out of the way or we want to save that? What depressing stuff? The other Michigan team. Wait, no, we are not discussing the Michigan State Rutgers game. What the hell is there to discuss? You're not break it down, but I mean... No, there's nothing to discuss. To we lost at home to Rutgers. <laughs> it was seven turnovers. We turned it two over. two more times on down. Seven times. <laughs> it's pretty bad. This is the worst loss in your program since... I mean, I said it was worse than the central loss, and I don't, I don't really go back any farther than that. And the central loss was two thousand nine. So maybe worst loss ever in the history of your football program that you've paid attention. Yeah, for sure. Matt, do you agree with that? Mm, no, <coughs> I don't. Be only because of the non expectations I had for this team. Because you're a terrible team, like you know you're yes. going to be bad. Like Ryan is still the cockeyed. Well, I mean, you could you could have known you're going to be bad in oh nine two. Hold on. So hold hold on. You turn it over seven times. I Dylan said this. Dylan said this throughout the week. This is unfair to Ryan. Ryan had no delusions about Michigan State being a very. He bad said they were going to go four year. and four. Could've. He wasn't serious. He just he is serious. going to be Maryland four oh times. Oh my god, he didn't. <laughs> he had him going four Ryan, and four. Uh, Ryan was rooting for his team. He didn't now. really think they were going to win four games. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, are you sure this wasn't one of the ones you already had penciled into the lock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna win this week. Yeah, uh, why not? Listen, we know, we know, we know. Ryan knows what's up. We all knew this was gonna be a very bad football team. I before last season was over, I said you guys were going three and nine this year through obviously a full schedule. Um. And I didn't think that like the ceiling was higher than that. Like I thought you were going three and nine and like be happy with your three and nine. Things changed. You look at the updated schedule. Out of eight games, you had three winnable games, maybe, if you weren't complete dumpster fire. And the teams that were really bad last year were still really bad. Three winnable games. Not you were gonna win three. Uh, what I have you guys going? One and seven or two and six? I know we just did this last week. Do you remember? Is that eight and no. I think you said I think you said their ceiling was two and six. <laughs> I might have said that, honestly. So although I use ceiling a little differently than you guys do as we had found out last week. This is obviously this lowers that, right? Like winless is now on the table. What? I talked What? Oh, gotcha. My bad. I was I was misunderstanding. I was like, wait, what? I thought you were saying the chance to go undefeated was no longer on the table. Like, well, no shit. Oh, no. Uh, seven seven no, and no, one win, now. Winless is, winless is legitimately on the table. So you, you expect the Rutgers to be the worst team in the Big Ten. Um, just like you breaking a new coaching staff, by far the least talent in the Big Ten, and they're just terrible every year. Like, you usually beat them by 40. So you lost your best chance at a win. Northwestern, who you thought was going to be probably really bad still at least most people did they were very very bad last year we all literally saw them in person very bad football team right you thought that's another chance for a win it's been one game northwestern looked a hell of a lot better yeah they're still bad though so now it's like man it's yeah but are you gonna beat them maybe we don't know though that's what i'm saying 
We have no idea. I mean, you don't you don't know about any of the games now. now. But I wouldn't look at Northwestern like, oh, auto loss. You haven't. No, but that's what I'm saying. You have an idea. Well, I mean, so this week, you know, you're not beating Michigan. Does half the team get Corona? It doesn't matter. So, well, I guess we wouldn't have a game in that case. But you you understand what I'm saying. Maryland looks like your best chance to win this year because Maryland is awful. Like they're very, 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 very bad football team. They weren't good last year. They weren't good years before. They're definitely super not good this year as we just watched Northwestern pace them. And we just talked about Northwestern not being a good football team. So that's your best chance at a win. Outside of that, you you got L's across the schedule. My question to you guys is, we had you had low expectations coming into the season. Everyone did. So this isn't some great disappointment. It's not like you were ranked in, oh my god, we're FSU now. You had low expectations. Expectations have FSU, gotten lower. <laughs> it's true. Uh, fake news top 10 win, but yeah, sure. Uh, expectations have gotten lower. But even if you go winless, like this year, does it bother you that Okay, much? winless would bother me because you, you have to win a game. Just for the stink of like yeah, bro. being winless, like holy shit, we didn't win a single There are game. teams that don't have quarterbacks. There without are teams a quarterback? all throughout college football that don't have quarterbacks that win one game. There's teams that win a lot of games without quarterbacks, to be honest. And I would say that your quarterback is probably above average talent-wise for your team right now. Who? Rocky Lombardi? I struggle. Yes. No. I struggle. For your team, if you take the talent of all the players I on your still team, say no. <laughs> I think he's top half. I mean, he's, no. he's Ryan, better than he's anybody on the offensive line. So right there, that's probably like 20 guys. And he's better than all of your other And he's better than all of your other quarterbacks. Like... Uh, I I, st- I, I, don't, I don't know. I still don't know about that. He's not good. You take he's not our a entire good football defense, player. our kicker, our punter. You take uh, <laughs> Collins, and there's your good, and that's more no, than half. So no, Collins Rocky and Lombardi is think that's not accurate. on the top half. <laughs> better than Connor Hayward. I, I I really think he is top half. But oh, the holders, I, the snappers, all that. Of they all, all the better. reasons you were are lost to Rutgers and may not win a game, I don't think he's like top ten of those reasons. Like, yeah, a better quarterback could carry you to a win against Rutgers, but you shouldn't have to have a Connor Cook to uh, be Maybe Rutgers. you shouldn't miss a go route and throw an interception instead. AJ, did Wood, I, be, Wood didn't even pitch the fifth, did he? But I don't, honestly, I was looking at fancy football stuff. <laughs> I, I, no, no, he did AJ not. AJ was worried no, about yeah, something. No, he did not. So, yeah, he's not in. So, so I'm Wood worried about my lineup. the lineup later. We'll settle it. And now, and Baez is now out. Well, Baez is not in their pitching change now. So we're on pitch number five? Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard you. This is pitch number five for the Dodgers? Yes. It's a bullpen game. Because they don't need their bullpen for tomorrow. They can exhaust everyone tonight. I love Dave Roberts. He's the (laughs) best. Yeah, and then they're not going to have any bullpen arms. Yeah, Yeah, to, to bring it back to what we were discussing, I guess the main thing that I took away with was the offensive line was really bad, and we knew it was really bad because it was really bad last year, and it's all the same players. And the right. year before so, that. So, the voila, that. they suck again, right? So, on some of the play calls where you had um, Mel Tucker being aggressive and going for it on fourth down, and they're running, like, dives and stuff, and they're running, like, you know, dives on first down, and you look at it, and it's like, what the hell are you doing? You don't have any of the personnel to do that, and that was a stupid play call. The one thing that I did take away, and I kind of had to re- remind myself, and I made a, a joke of it in our chat, 
was those play calls do look smarter when you're profiling players no, are when, better. yeah not just better but bigger right because all the offensive linemen that he's profiling that he's looking to bring um you know into the program are all like six 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 five through six seven like 300 pounds so when you don't have these offensive linemen that weigh 240 right you're going to be able to get more push and then i do think that those calls in the future are going to look better and you know they're going to pay off so he's, so he's practicing and they're going to pay off maybe right <laughs> like like you don't have the personnel to do it now so it, it is stupid to do it now and you heard you heard a lot of people say like you can't judge Mel Tucker off of what he does this year and I largely agreed with it but the one thing that I really was interested to see was how does he get the players that he didn't recruit how does he get this current team to like buy into what he's saying right just like how much of a leader to these young men can he be when they both know the deal unless you're you know like unless you're a sophomore I guess and you plan on being in the program a couple more years like you really don't have any reason to listen to this guy you're either going to you know try and get to the NFL or you're going to get your degree and you're going to go into whatever career field you got going into um so that was kind of I mean and obviously week one right uh, ball security they didn't seem to they didn't seem to um to take that to heart at all but that's that's the one thing that I'm still get that like throughout the throughout the season I'm still interested in seeing is if there is it like the the wins aren't going to be there, but if there's just more fight in them that we saw, and then to see if the scheme does you know change at all based on the personnel they're just trying to run, because I do think he was trying to run that six six three hundred pound you know offensive line offense with the guys that he has now, and that's just not going to work at all. So scheme wise, like at the end of the day. What what do you what scheme can you run for the players that you have? I mean, there's only you so can't. we talk about passes, and then you get. Are, are you laughing you, at you get, this? You or get the ball else, to man? to Reed and Naylor, I mean, which is the thing that they tried to do the most. They probably took like an eighty percent target you share. You said half their passes were like a couple yard passes, were screens, were this, yeah. were that. That's you're doing kind of what you can because you know you can't block, you can't run the ball. I mean, against Rutgers, you averaged. I think yeah, less than 2 carry. I would have to look. Against yeah. Rutgers. Against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, you average less than 2 yards. Hey, what is, is going Greg to happen Ciano when defense. you face... Get, get that respect in your name. What is... And I love Greg Shiano, but what is going to happen when you face a real defensive front? The, the same uh, thing. <laughs> like, well, badly. You can't, you can't really do less. I mean, I guess I was, it can't get really worse. You can't less than 1.6 yards of carry. Mel Tucker... <laughs> I know this is ridiculous, but if I was Mel Tucker... I would put on the Super Bowl between the Bears and the Colts, and I would say, here, watch Peyton Manning against this vaunted Bears defense that was very good against the run. Look what they did. They used the short passing game as their running game. Yeah. We're going to throw three-yard, five-yard, maybe seven-yard, <clears throat> and we are going to try and create space that way, and every once in a while, we'll try and take the top off the defense. But for the most part, this is our offense. We are going to dink and dunk as much as we can and try and stay in the game right. and maybe get lucky once like in, I think that's it. The only way you're taking the brilliant. only way you're taking the top off the defense is a heavy dose of play action. I mean, I don't... Which means you have to run the ball. No, you don't. You don't have to run You got that you extra blocker right next to you. Well. Yeah. Tell Elijah Collins You don't to get have to run the ball God, well, so but you have so to run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but play action could also work in 
obvious run situation. So you could take the defense off. And For sure. You know, even yes, if you don't absolutely. have a strongly established run game at that point in time. Although, if you're in an obvious run situation, do you want Rocky Lombardi trying to chuck it? But if it's second and one and you've got an extra down to play with, yeah, why if it's, not? Yeah, well, so second and one isn't an obvious run situation. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. But third I'm saying, and like half a yard is. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's that's the thing. Like they're 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 personnel. So After bad, what I saw on Saturday, I wouldn't trust Rocky Lombardi to go my, get my, my groceries is, for me. So it was. We saw a really cool streak end, and it's very sad. Rutgers has been the whipping boy of most of the conference in both sports since they joined the Big Ten. They don't. <laughs> Even in basketball, where they were somewhat competent, they still get their ass kicked all the time. And in football, I mean, they've won, like, two conference games since joining the Big Ten. That's not – I don't know what the exact number is, but it's not a lot, right? Michigan State had never lost to Rutgers since they joined the Big Ten in either major sport. That's so sad. I know. That streak is over. So, like you said, are you sad about this weekend? That's the thing I'm most sad about is we can't say that anymore. It is so – it's so sad. You, it's gone, and I honestly like that pains me. Like that was a cool thing. Like we got it out of the way early because Rich Rod lost to Rutgers, and it was like cool. This he's a trash can. We're a trash can. We have a three win season. Awesome. You guys had this thing going for a long time, man. And I didn't think you were ever gonna lose to Rutgers. Yeah, I didn't think football, football would happen. Honestly. I thought in basketball, you you gotta get us one. Eventually, in basketball, they could catch you on the year that they're solid. You didn't have to be solid, bro. Indiana beat us twice like two like, years ago, and they were garbage. Three times, didn't they? They, I don't know. They, they oh, had they your number. It, so ago. this was Michigan State's first home opener loss since 1998 to Colorado State. Little bit of a caveat that usually you play a garbage. I mean, we played a garbage team, team as our home opener this year, and. Didn't matter. Or did Rutgers play a... But it wasn't wasn't their home opener. It wasn't their home opener. It was our home opener. It was technically a... Yeah, yeah. Technically a Power 5 team. And I know that doesn't mean a lot with Rutgers, but technically it was a Power 5 team. So don't feel as bad. What I... My thing, and I... We talked, obviously, about the Mel Tucker hire. I did not think it was a good hire. I thought it was a poor hire. Although... Maybe not entirely your fault. Uh, D'Antonio left you in a bad spot. You had slim pickings. Thanks, Mark. And not the most attractive Mark job over situation there sauntering the through the hallway, through the corridors with Izzo. So not not a lot you can do, right? <laughs> Lose the, the Rutgers couldn't be me. <laughs> five, six million, whatever he's getting a year. <laughs> Bit much for what he is, but you had to get a guy here, and I that never care about the money. I only care about what the coach does. So <laughs> I didn't like the hire, but we talked about this so much before. Nothing matters this year. And not because of Corona season, but because he is inheriting a team that if it was a 12 game season was not, no matter what he did, winning more than three games. That is about as poor as you can be as a power five football team. He can't get his guys here for years. You got to build a team in his image, install his scheme. Nothing matters for him for legitimately years. But even if he went winless this year, that does not make him a bad coach. I think he's not a good coach, but him going winless this year is not what would make that the case. So if we accept that he's here and you can't do better right now, and we accept that it was always going to be really rough, why? And this is 
much louder than I thought. And it's not like, oh my god, the whole fan base wants it. But there is a very real portion, including a close friend of ours, who thinks this man should legitimately Well, I, be I think Dylan's kind of trolling a little bit. But what do you hear? Yeah. Do you? I don't but think But what you is. hear from, like, um... I don't. I don't even think it's the majority of the fan base, but but it's a lot of people, right? No, not the majority, but I a mean, real. I think those are people that are still holding on to what D'Antonio did, and they still like want him back. They didn't see a problem. <laughs> my yeah. my dad, right? Money. So yeah, right. People like Mass Dad. Shout out to you if you're listening. Is um. Well, we should ask about Dylan's right. dad. But they didn't. They didn't even see a problem with like how D'Antonio's last few years went. Just because of all the success that he brought the program. So I think they were already not on board with getting somebody in that wasn't D'Antonio. And it's not even like D'Antonio was fired. So it's a little bit of a weird, weird stance to take. But, you know, they didn't want anybody other than D'Antonio. So when you're already mad that it's a new coach and that it's not D'Antonio, when they go out and lose the first game, two Rutgers makes it worse. But even if they lost the first game to... I think Miami is maybe who they were scheduled to play, or it was a, a, a like a week oh, that game before been a Miami, right? Even if you went out and lost to a semi-good team, there still would have been you know calls for really I think who who's ever head it was, um, but then you factor in right they had seven turnovers, like they came out and not that you can really pin that on Tucker, but the team just looked so bad and so unbelievably sloppy that. You know, uh, Murphy's Law, anything that could go wrong, even kind of the buildup to the season with the corona and the canceled practices and him not even getting to campus until, what, February, and then Michigan State had their own COVID stuff. Um, So they had to cancel more practices than other teams or whatever. It just all was like this this shit soup that that got served, and, you know, Rutgers ended up being being the chef. That was serving it to us. So it's just a culmination of really anything that you could possibly imagine could go bad. It went bad, uh, and it all kind of came to fruition last Saturday. It was going to come to fruition this Saturday, and just the the, the following yeah, Saturday is after that. <laughs> so I, and that's one thing that I find interesting is the overreaction. And it's not just the fire Mel crowd, but – whether it's the media or fans in general. If you look at any Big Ten poll, you guys are going to be below Rutgers now. I mean, yeah, you lost to them. Any you power should. ranking, right? You should. No, I mean, no, I think we're See, better, but it's 1-0 one, it's one against 0-1, and, and, and they're the only team we played. Doesn't matter. A true ranking should nope. be which team is better. No, you, you, you have to prove it. You have to prove it. Are, you are, and we didn't. Listen. You turn the ball over. You have to nine prove times. it, Paul. Point blank, you have to prove it. I does anyone in the, does anyone on this podcast think the Rutgers is a better team than Michigan State? They right were now? Saturday. No, nope, but that's I that is the only thing that. that we have to go on. Is, you needed is the result nine from turnovers to pull away. I I don't even agree with that. You won the turnover margin by uh, eight, six, right? Because they so they had three. They had three real ones, and I don't oh, think they. they how yeah. many points did they Rutgers had, score they had two, off of those turnovers? They had two fumbles, um, and they had the uh, the pick. That I don't know. 
Not off the top of my Guys, head. I'll be AJ, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say pretty much all of them because Michigan State didn't really punt. Yeah. Are we really about to spend time on this podcast arguing this because we no. still have another game to get to? We've already spent 25 minutes on MSU. All right, so Michigan State sucks, but we think they're better than Rutgers. But Ryan thinks they should be should ranked be below awesome. Rutgers anyway. I guess none of that matters at the end of the day because Michigan State's gonna be bad, and they're not gonna be good for. Years, many years, probably not in Mel Tucker's tenure because he's going to get fired probably by year four. Someone who has had a lot more success than Mel Tucker, but is just as maligned as Mel Tucker. Same amount of Big Ten titles. (laughs) That is true. Jim Harbaugh's season got off to a really good start Saturday. It did. As Matt opened this session with. It's about as good as you could hope. After the first couple minutes where I was like, bro, come on. Really? Yeah, God forbid these colleges don't come out ready right away. No, they were pretty ready. They just got a punt block for no reason, which turned into like an instant touchdown. And I'm like, damn, dude. But then we had an instant 70-yard run, and it was like, okay, we're basically reset. Like, we're starting the game from zero. Both teams did really dumb things, and now it's just a reset. I am so sick. All I have heard since the game, I've heard two things. I've heard an absurd amount of Joe Milton hype. And I say absurd not because he's not very good or he's not going to meet the hype. I say absurd because he didn't do much. He didn't show those things. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. He he, played close to a flawless game. I agree. But he wasn't asked to do. No. He did what we said he was going to have to do. Hand the damn ball off. <laughs> he was a game manager. Now, he made some nice throws. He showed all of the tools that yeah. he's been advertised for. He showed the arm off a little bit. He made a couple wild plays. Alex he showed Smith full the command shit out of, of the game. offense. <laughs> he showed full command of the offense. The moment didn't look too big for him. He was ready to play. All those platitudes. Offense looked good. very, he was very it good. It looked more comfortable than it ever has in the last three years. Well, it's the second year of the system. It is. I mean, you got to think. We had a new offensive coordinator every year. This is now we finally have a second year of an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's starting to get more of his guys in there. Joe Milton. This is his third year with the team. Second year in this system. So it should be more comfortable. We're getting more towards the speed and space. Minnesota's a good football team. They're not the eleven win team they were last year. But I'm really, really sick of seeing all the people that are like. Minnesota sucks. Minnesota is out half their team. And if you play again at the end of the year, it's not going to be the same story. Are we going to win by 25 if we play them for our ninth game? Maybe not. Maybe we do because maybe we get better too. You know, that's something that can possibly happen with a young team. They were down a punter. They were down a kickoff specialist. They were down a right tackle who was never going to play. He left the team. He doesn't have Corona. He left the team, came back late, wasn't going to start, might start, literally has to earn his way back into the good graces of the team. Like he can't, This wasn't like an unexpected, oh, he's not playing, he's hurt, he's sick, whatever. He literally might not start this year. If he does start, it's going to be halfway through the season. They still had a quarterback who's been touted as a potential, if he has a good season, first-round pick. They still have a receiver who will absolutely be a first-round pick. They still have the bulk of an offense 
that carried them to 11 wins last season. And yeah, they're fresh in the front seven. Yeah, they lost three linebackers from last year. Michigan has two returning starters on offense. Two. Let's not act like Minnesota is the only team in the world breaking in new players. I need to find a realistic jumping off point because it seems that people are either downplaying the win and nothing matters until we get whooped by OSU at the end of the year and it's same old, same old, or now Michigan is going to win the big time. I need, I need some realistic sense here and I want to hear it from my Spartan brethren, your impression of what they did Saturday night, like the meaning it might actually have going forward and where you think this team can actually be this season. I mean, so Matt said it last week and you got mad at him that it's a, a one-team conference. And I, I still kind of believe that. I don't necessarily think they're going to compete with Ohio State, but they're obviously better than Minnesota, which I don't know that everybody thought they would be. I think they're probably better than Wisconsin, and when you play Wisconsin, they may or may not have their quarterback um, and depending on whoever else tests positive with the weird situation they got going on, they might be without other players. I mean, they look they look good, right? AJ said it, it was the most comfortable that he's seen their offense, and their offense looked really good. Uh, the defensive ends looked, uh, you know, phenomenal. I think that the defensive ends actually, you know, people hype up the front four a lot. I think you almost need to separate the ends into a separate tier from those guys on the uh, on the interior because they played Absolutely they played amazing, true. right? Absolutely like true. Hutchinson and uh, and Pay are are monsters coming off the edge that are going to be a problem, really for any team. And I do think that if a team pops, you know, COVID positives, the offensive line group might be like the most likely group to get hit because everybody's just so kind of close to each other all the time them and you know like the de- defensive line which if you know pay and hutchinson can stay covid free uh, i think you might see a lot of these other teams when they do pop or guys do have to miss some games or whatever um you know i, I think there's a good chance that you know an offensive lineman will be uh will, will be on that list and will be sitting out which obviously bodes well when you have guys that can um you know stop the run and rush the passer rush the passer excuse me like michigan does so they look good. I mean, I guess my question would be, like, why do you care what people are saying, right? Like, Michigan got the win. Right. And as long as they keep getting wins, they're going to be where you want them to be. And even if well, they so even it, if they win a championship so and people, oh, it doesn't count because it was the COVID season. Or it doesn't count because Ohio State, they had X, Y, and Z guys out with COVID. Like, it doesn't matter if you win, right? That's not going to take any – that's not going to take any of your joy out of a Michigan Listen, championship. I, I don't away. care if Justin Fields misses the game if we beat Ohio State. I don't care what has to happen. I, it doesn't – it will not now. People will detract, of course, but it will not detract from my enjoyment of it even a little bit. No, it's not so much that I care about what other people think. And you guys know me enough to know that I don't really care about anyone thinks about anything, with the exception of maybe you guys half the time. But it's there's no there's I haven't listened to any like real thoughts on this team, and it that's what bugs me. It's not that it's that you can't get. There's no, like, real, listen, this is where we're at. This is where they could be. So, like, Joe Milton we talked about a little bit, right? He didn't show us everything because he wasn't asked to. He didn't need to. But 
I would say absolutely right away that Joe Milton is a massive improvement over Shea Patterson. If he shows nothing more the rest of the year than he showed against Minnesota, he's a massive improvement over Shea Patterson. Does anybody disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I I honestly thought, even having seen McCaffrey, and I'm sure that he's a great quarterback, I, you know that I was kind of in the Milton camp from the end of last year on. Um, I think he did exactly kind of what you said. He did exactly what needed to be done. I think that if we had to throw the ball 40 times, that might actually be okay just seeing what I saw in small snippets Saturday night. Um, and I think that he could thrive in a situation like that, but I think that he will be at his best if he doesn't have to do be the razzle-dazzle. You know what I'm saying? Like if it, I, Exactly like Saturday. Exactly. But maybe, maybe so a little we, bit more throws have to do. downfield or, or – that yeah. exactly. We didn't have. We were never in no. the position where we really needed or should have been taking right. shots. We never. So we didn't see. But that's supposed to be the best part of his game. I would like for them to protect him. I don't. I don't necessarily like the quarterback designed runs. If he has to scramble and run. Oh, I love him, and he's a giant dude. This kid is huge. Yeah, he's but... six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. He's huge. Yeah, I know. And he, but... So that's. It... That's the other thing about him, and it's something Shea did from time to time, although he wasn't didn't see the field well enough and wasn't athletic enough, and McCaffrey was just too much of a bulldog. He took like no unnecessary like yeah, big shots I agree last with night. That. Like he knew when to speed up, when to slow down, when to get out of bounds. Like he was very smart with his running, and he wasn't like uh, a wuss about no. it where he was just looking to get out of bounds every time. He was patient yeah. and he was smart and he played within the offense. He, but at the end of the day, it was like, Hey, I'm the quarterback. I got to stay healthy. At the he same was time. patient running the ball. I would like to see like, if I were to give him an area of growth or whatever it would be his pocket presence. Cause he bailed a few times a little too quickly. So by my count, it was twice all night. And it was one egregious one, which was the first one he created the sack. Which is what, push. like the first quarter of his first collegiate start? So, like, I get this that. This is it. His first start, and he's had so little snaps of any kind. Like, it's not even – he has hardly seen the field his first couple of years. For him to be as poised as he was, as early on as he was, is why I'm excited yes. about what he can do. Here, here's my because only hesitation to worse. your point, right? You counted two times all night, which is what I think I was kind of on that train too. It could have been three. No, I'm not saying that's I, perfect. That's right, my head right. count watching I'm just the game. thinking back to back. the game. That's what I thought too. He didn't have to drop back in the pocket as much during that game because of how good our running game and offense were. So it, it gives me a little bit of hesitation if we were to be in a position where he needs to be dropping back and throwing the ball across the field here and there that, that he might bail a bit more often, try to create with his legs. So I, I just that would be the one thing. Just And I think that that will come with time and, and game reps and drop backs and all that. So, I mean. In each, each game, he should yeah. grow. Theoretically, if, if things are going well. And, and who knows, like you said, if if he's under siege, if we play Ohio State and the offensive line kind of falls apart, I you don't know what you're going to get. Mm. Is he going to start bailing on the pocket early all the time? Or is he going to stay poised and play within the system? We, we can't answer those oh. questions right now. But he checked so many oh. boxes that we haven't checked at the position in so long, and that gives you hope going forward. Most of the position groups did that. There's two questions on this team. 
you still aren't 100% about the secondary. They played really well. Um, they played admirably. We didn't have our best player in the secondary for half the game after Daxon Hill went out, and they still played really well. Bateman got his, but he didn't really do anything of note. He had a couple, he actually had one big catch and a bunch of chump change other than that. And they couldn't get anything going ground or air. Our pass rush was really good. That helped a lot. And they were playing from behind, but secondary held up for the most part. But they haven't shown enough to say, be confident that we can stop Ohio State from dropping 50 on us, right? And then the interior of the defensive line. So Ryan mentioned it. Ryan said you almost have to separate, when you're talking about the front four, the ends from the interior, right? He's a thousand percent right. We got two probable first round picks on each side of the line on the ends. Like Hutchinson or Pay are monsters, absolute monsters. The interior of the line is better than it was last year, but I don't know how good it is, and I don't know how much better it's going to get. The more Chris Hinton, who didn't play a whole lot Saturday night, can get better, the faster he can get better, he's that high-end talent that we have at defensive tackle that might not quite be ready for big time yet. Kemp and Jeter are much better than they were, but they're not transcendent talents. And a lot of what we do in the run game it's not just going to be how they held up, hold up. It's going to be the backers. Cam McGrone, because of the way he flies all over the field, is someone that everyone touts up as the superstar player. He's not there yet, especially in the run game. He gets washed out too much. He has a lot to learn from the mental side of the game. He has great athleticism, middle linebacker. But if he gets washed out like that, games against teams like Wisconsin and Ohio State and even Penn State to a lesser degree are going to be problems if we can't stop the run. Nothing I saw Saturday with the run concerned me. Uh, there were, it was all correctable things, and they ran a lot when we were playing more to defend the pass later in the game. I, I wasn't concerned with any of it, but those are still question marks you have going forward when you're talking about, okay, they passed the first test, they can compete with Penn State, they can compete with Wisconsin, but can they compete with Ohio State? You have to be able to stop the run, you have to be able to stop the pass. I'm not worried about our offense against Ohio State at all. We will score on Ohio State, but can we stop them? <laughs> I think I've heard this before. Usually it's the other way around. It's usually the opposite. No, nah, the year that you and I both thought Michigan was finally going to run them. What we say? Like, you said 30 to nothing. I said 30 to three. Well, and we've, so that was 2018, which we've talked about a lot. No one knew the extent that our whole defensive line was going to play that game hurt that Devin Bush was going to get hurt in that game, that we were going to lose a cornerback in that game. Like, you, you can't account for things uh, like that. I think that. a lot of that happened while they were still playing. Gary didn't go out until, like, the third, I thought. No, and not that they went out, but, like, our defensive line that was top three-ish in the country that year, I mean, just an insane defensive. You had Rashawn Gary, you had Chase Winovich. We had, we had really good tackles in the middle. They were all hurt, literally all of their starters were playing hurt. It wasn't that they left the game. They were playing hurt, and they were entirely ineffective against Ohio State's front because of it. And you can't – that changed the entire game. Haskins was able to sit in the pocket for as long as he wanted and completely pick us apart. Because they couldn't get it around Big Johnny if that, Jackson. If Pay and Hutch get hurt, that'll change everything. But assuming good health – what does this team need to show you to make you believe? And I'm not, don't tell me do it on the field 
at the end of or early December, whenever the hell we play Ohio State. December twelfth. What do they need to do to to you in your mind make you think that they can compete with Ohio State? I, I mean, I don't I don't know that there's anything because I guess the concern that I would have would be like the the secondary where if those guys can't get home every play then Ohio State, they always just have these receivers, whether it's crossing routes or whatever they're doing, and just kind of run rampant. And I don't think you're going to face – you're definitely not going to face another quarterback like that in the Big Ten. And I don't even know that you'll really face a receiving core like that in the Big Ten. Bateman's the best receiver. Him and, you know, Rondale Moore are probably the two best individual receivers in the Big Ten. But if you're getting home every time against Purdue and against Minnesota – then it doesn't really matter. So I don't think there's really going to be a good barometer between between until now right and until you play Ohio fair. State. One thing that I think that this Penn game State. does is it sets State. Michigan up, you know, firmly as the number two in the Big Ten, where I think, you know, some people thought they were before, but it was kind of a mixed bag who was number two. Whether it was Minnesota, was last year a fraud, or we you know, was it Wisconsin? Was it uh, you know, was it Penn State? And then Obviously, Penn State lost. Um, Wisconsin beat Illinois, but they still didn't look as good as Michigan did beating Minnesota. And then, obviously, Minnesota got got smacked down by Michigan. So, right now, I think, you know, you're talking about those Big Ten power rankings uh, a little bit ago. I think right now, you know, you obviously would firmly have Michigan number two. But there's not going to be anything that they do within the remaining teams on the Big Ten that I think is really going to show anything um, for Ohio State, I think you just kind of look for constant improvements in that, you know, your offensive line is is still good and still intact in that Milton, uh, you know, in some maybe these – there's going to be games where, you know, Michigan is under a little bit of pressure and they have to win it with his arm. And, you know, are they – basically are they able to do that? Or are they just so good that nobody, you know, pushes them to that point? But I think you're kind of going to see the same thing with Ohio State. So, and I want to assume Wisconsin gets to play with their quarterback for the purposes of this, even though it's looking improbable at best. You guys, I think all of you said five and three for Michigan this season when we did the picks. Yeah, I said five and three with a six and two ceiling. <laughs> have do you do you have a different opinion now after seeing them in action? No, yes and no. I don't know if Saturday was fool's gold or not. Look, yeah, I don't know how good Minnesota is. I mean, they're miss. You know, they lost yeah. some people in the draft, and you know, the only thing that we knew that was good coming back was their running back. But if their old line wasn't going to get pushed, what? How much can Ibrahim really do? Yeah, but he still ran for what over 130 yards or something. Didn't he? He had a pretty big game. Um, I'm who? Ibrahim, Ibrahim didn't. Oh, he. Re- he ran for 140 yards. 140. Okay, like that's significant. Um, I think I, I, I. Here's what I took away from Saturday night. I'm glad that Michigan showed up in a week one, even though it's really week seven game, <laughs> for the first time that I can remember them doing that under Harbaugh. I'm not saying that it hasn't happened. It's just the first time I can remember. I remember Notre Dame. They got outplayed and outmatched. Um, uh, Shade. Huh. Shady. Okay, well, he, he, he was on Michigan. Right. Um so uh, just I I'm I'm glad to see that that first week it looked like they were ready to play. I'm 
not too confident that we're going to um, not have a kind of come down hangover on Saturday. I don't think we're in danger of losing to Michigan State or anything crazy like that. But, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> but you're in, your, your danger is do you cover the spread? Right. That's it. Essentially, do you, do you stop yeah. at thirty-one to do, ten. Do which we, is a beat down, but you don't cover the twenty-four. Do I think? Do I think that? Um, do we come out and play the same time? Because they played a really tight game, too. Like, how many penalties did we have Saturday? It wasn't... I don't remember it being many. Um, Say that How again? many penalties? I know it was a pretty it was, Yeah, it was a pretty game tight game both, both sides, right? That's because even the refs were like, it's 10 degrees. You want to get the fuck <laughs> Yeah, but, but still, just, like... Just cool. hold them. Here's what I... Here, here's what I'm worried about Saturday is taking a step back from how good they look Saturday, this last Saturday, taking a little bit of a step back and kind of getting sloppy, the hype of the rivalry game, all that kind of stuff. So I don't really know if I would change that 5-3 and three because, as I said in our chat, wow. as I said in our chat, I, I always expect something to go wrong with Michigan under Harbaugh. And I'm not saying it's Harbaugh's fault. I just... I just always expect something to go wrong, right? Like uh, when um, – who's the freshman running back, number two? Blake okay, Quarm. when he fumbled on that kickoff, right? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, I feel like this could be a turning point if we don't – I mean, we had the block punt. We missed three field right. goals. So like, like, things did go wrong. It, things did go wrong. But I'm talking about, like, that one – Thing that goes wrong that completely changes the game entirely. Changes you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I can't even remember a good example, but it was like perfect one is last year. Haskins missing a touchdown run on fourth and two picks the wrong hole would have had a okay literal something like that. But I'm talking about like uh, even a, a something that's not as easily missed of a mistake like. Um, you know, JT Barrett gets hurt and Dwayne Haskins comes in and just carves him oh up. Oh my God. In 2017, yeah, like, just unbelievable. Like that to me is, that's the thing that I'm always. We're taking them to the wire with John O'Corn and they get an NFL quarterback to replace their trash can and JT Barrett. Like, come on, man. We get punished for doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, that's just what I mean. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm always expecting to go wrong. Um, and so I, and I, I will cautiously be optimistic but I'm gonna to stick to that five and three thing because I, I have a feeling that at some point we're gonna we're gonna have some faltering. AJ, you watching? Let's go, Yeah, they pulled Snell too soon. Now Cash is over managing. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you, why why did you pull Snell? And then the very next hitter hits a double, and then the very next hitter then, grounds then... out for a run. Well, no, the wild pitch in between them. Oh, I didn't see the wild pitch. Yeah. yeah. There's a wild pitch. I'm sorry, I've been Mookie the third and bouncing back and forth mm-hmm. between he sure did. this and my son's room because he's not Two going to We're in disaster the MVP did right that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Paul. For for me with Michigan, it's you know it's I, I'm in line with what Ryan said as far as you know moving up the ladder in the Big Ten as far as how you compare against Penn State, how you compare against Wisconsin. Obviously, you looked really good against Minnesota and beat Minnesota. I don't know how good Minnesota is. Minnesota had a really good year, magical season last year for them. Um, you know, I think they played above their heads 
and uh, and had a phenomenal year. But do I? I did not think they were gonna you know repeat it this year by any means. Uh, you know the only the whole thing with me with Michigan and that questionable game was it's on the road. It's the start of season. It's not an easy place to play when it's that damn cold up there already. But it it really I'm I'm sorry. It just comes down to Ohio State and. I think what the year that we talked about with the 30 to 3, 30 to nothing, you know, predictions that we had, Michigan was steamrolling teams and Ohio State looked questionable. They had a loss against Maryland, I think it was, or and they had a questionable No, they game almost lost to Maryland. The kid Whatever, dropped yeah, they a had two a couple, point conversion. Yeah, so they had a few games where they just did not look good. They were definitely were not clicking on all cylinders. Obviously, with Michigan, they are more prepared than any other game. It's just the way it is. Same with you guys. Even if you're not going to equal them in talent, you're not going to be less prepared But because that's your rivalry game. And they're ready for you. You're ready for them. But they just outclass you when it comes to talent. And can this year be a closer battle? Do I think you're going to win the battle? No. But, you know, that's why they're called upsets. They happen. I think Michigan is exactly where they always are, where they are a upper tier team they're going to have a good season they're going to go to a good bowl kind of thing situation they're not going to be in the college football playoffs and it's the same situation unless they unless they find a way to get past ohio state and it's not your fault that you haven't we've discussed the reasons why ohio state has an edge over michigan but it's just where michigan is at in my mind is that yeah they're a really good team but they can't beat the top dog in the conference does a big 10 team have to go undefeated to get into the college football playoff you think no no and that's and that's michigan has if michigan is undefeated and does not show their ass against ohio state but loses there is a very very real chance they make the playoff without beating ohio state yeah there's a good argument depending on what happens with you know the sec so the big 12 is not getting a team in no the Pac-12 is not getting it. Even like, if Oklahoma State goes right undefeated, the they're not going to be favorable over well, Michigan's one loss to Ohio State, and no, they lost that's by not one score. No, I I disagree with that. I that I do disagree with, but I don't think I don't think, that's I don't think so. Happen. I don't think they're not. I don't think their resume is going to match them, even even with being I, I undefeated. Think, I think you can successfully count them out, though. If Michigan loses thirty to twenty-four to Ohio State, it's a six-point loss. It's a one a one-score deficit, and Oklahoma State went undefeated. I still think Michigan's resume is better. The SEC is clearly a one-team conference this year. There is nobody in the SEC that is going to have a a better resume than Michigan in that scenario. What's Florida at? You'd look at Florida lost already. Well, well what if uh, what if Georgia's only yeah. losses to Alabama and Alabama goes undefeated? That's not going to happen though. Georgia's not good enough. Not in a million. Okay, but years hang on. You can't. Good. You can't say that because you don't know for sure. But what if Brian's pulling up the what if? Same situation. Michigan so and Georgia, Georgia both to, have one losses. If Georgia to Alabama was to beat, and Ohio State. If Georgia was to beat, if Georgia was to win, how is Georgia getting to the championship game? Well, I well, we yeah, Michigan wouldn't get to the championship different. game either. So that's so that's where Michigan has an advantage. Michigan still plays a game on championship weekend and gets another win over a ranked opponent while Georgia's sitting home. So only the Big Ten's doing that shit? Well, I mean, yes, Georgia's got awesome. two wins over ranked opponents right now. This year. But, They're not ranked But that's anymore. the thing is Georgia has more games with those wins already. One, two, three, four. Hold on, let me see. One, two, three. Georgia didn't start the season when Michigan started their season. Georgia been playing. And that's and that's what's that. And Georgia's going to have more games played. Georgia's, Georgia's going to play ten games. While Georgia's before, sitting, while Georgia's going to play nine. We're going to have nine. more ranked that, wins. That one game is not going to make a difference. It might. And our strength of schedule will be way way harder than theirs. So 
No, I think we would get an overall if they don't win the title. Um, now, if crazy stuff happened and they were to make the title game and then would Bama get into them? Yeah, a lot of stuff can happen. But I think likely the SEC is probably a one-bid conference. The ACC is a one-bid conference. So and that's that helps. So in a normal year, you have Notre Dame possibly getting in as a non-conference, an unaffiliated conference team. They can't do that this year. Notre Dame's playing with the ACC and they have to play Clemson. And they're not beating Clemson. Well, their so only loss is the Clemson. That hurts them. They'll have to play Clemson twice. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, that's right, because they're not doing. I think. Yeah, yeah, Um, And even and if, and, I, and actually, yeah, I don't have to check, because I'm not sure if they're technically in the same division as Clemson. There's, I think they're not. I mean, there's one. only one quote-unquote division in the ACC this year. But the top if, two teams are playing. If their only loss is the Clemson, the ACC is so bad. Like, they have no good wins if they lose to Clemson. None. Like, they don't have a good, maybe North Carolina because is a decent win, but they're, they just play garbage week in and week out, and they haven't looked that good outside of hammering Pitt. They looked super rough until or they Or Cincinnati Pitt. going undefeated. Like, they could win by 40 every week. If they lose to Clemson, they're out. They're not making the playoff. Barring the only arguing, crazy stuff arguing scenario is so, Georgia in the SEC. If Michigan undefeated Cincinnati, one. If Michigan finishes eight and one, and their only loss is within ten points to Ohio State, I think there's a better than fifty percent chance they get in the playoff. And then, then it's going to be weird because people are going to be like, "Well." You still haven't won a Big Ten. You still haven't even appeared in a Big Ten title game, and you still haven't beat Ohio State. Harbaugh sucks. But uh, not you also Michigan made the playoffs. They're winning the college football playoff, so, and Ohio State loses theirs. Well, yeah, also, but Michigan's in the natty. <laughs> I mean, Michigan's probably playing Clemson in that first game, and I don't think we're beating Clemson this year. Even though we have happening. the best front seven in the whole country, we might get Alabama. It's going to take more than a front seven to beat Clemson. No, I don't. I don't see. I don't know, man. I it, it'll be weird, and it's projecting way down the road. But I think <laughs> a little bit. Twenty twenty one is like the year for Michigan, but things have accelerated, and Corona's part of it. Maybe having a quarterback's part of it. Guys stepping up earlier is part of it, and weird stuff happens. Could you imagine Joe? Milton but you guys are still locked in at five and three. Though. <laughs> oh, it's not even so nico Man, was the so nico was the one that. that i was like killed about just because we never ever at any point used him to his ability no, we didn't but the one that might keep us from truly being a contender is ambry yeah, thomas if we had ambry thomas added to our secondary this year <laughs> man like our offense is going to be great with or without nico and as much as i love nico in a million touchdowns he would have had this year our offense is going to be good regardless, and receiver is the least valuable position in football. Ambry yeah. Thomas on our defense, in addition to what we have, man. I mean, it. Would, I honestly like. I I said it midweek. Well, we are midweek. I said it mid between the game and now. If we had Ambry Thomas this year, I would feel really good about playing Ohio State. Not that I'd be like, man, we're going to win this game, but I would feel really good. Like we got a great chance to win this game. And now it's still on the. It could happen, but it's unlikely because Ohio State really still is on another level. Like we have like a level and a half to go still to catch up to Ohio State. So it's it's rough, man. Well, that being said, are you guys ready to do some picks? Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? We weren't that ready last week. 
Well, I was ready. I just got screwed by some teams. <laughs> we did. I'm it just, my fault like, they wasn't ready. I'm just I was looking ready. at it now. They were. How does North Carolina go from losing to FSU to dropping a million? Because I said they North would. Carolina's... You weren't the only one who said they would. Yep. Same oh, with the Rams, but, I think. So, <laughs> nobody did terrible last week, but nobody did good either. So, like, our normal group, us five, well, including Don, we were all either four and six or five and five. Dylan did his weird thing where he split the games up. He did a couple college, and then he did the NFL games. He went 0 for 2 in college. And then he went three and two in the NFL, so he went three and four overall. So just like us, like right around five hundred. Uh, those are the only picks Stone's ever gonna make. So good for a losing record for him. Sucks to be him. Since me and Don went five and five, which actually led the week, which might be the first time that's ever happened. It was a rough week for real guys. It really was. Uh, we retained first place, like we were twenty-seven and twenty-three overall in the season. Matt. Is dead even at 500 now. He has fallen to straight 500. Got my money back. We're attaining third place. <laughs> you lost some money. And AJ's caught up on Ryan a little bit. AJ went 5-5 five and five while Ryan dropped an extra game. So AJ and Ryan are tied at 22-28 and 28 for Jeez, last. Yes. They're having Golf scores, not baby. A, <laughs> no, none of us are having a good year. But me and Don are at least head above water. Matt's treading water. Ryan and AJ, you guys really got to pull it together this week in the next couple weeks. Like, I expect I mean, your six games under 500. We got we 10 more we weeks need to do some work. Picks. They'll be fine. We need, I don't know if it's 10 weeks of picks, but it's no, the actually, NFL it season. Weeks. You got a lot of weeks of picks. All right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, but you need to pull it together, please, for love of. I'm all making, this a, I'm making a second so half comeback. Don't embarrass ourselves. Uh, we talked a lot about Michigan and Michigan State the last hour, so it's only fitting that we pick their game first. The <sighs> Michigan hosts a garbage can Michigan State team. There's no other way to put it. Michigan's favored by 24 and a half points, like just an absurd amount. I, I don't know the last time they've been favored by this much over MSU. I would guess it's been 15 years. I don't know. Um, it's a huge spread. Yeah. Is Michigan State going to cover it? No, I don't think so. Michigan beat Minnesota by 25. Why can't they beat Michigan State by 25? Because they're not going to care as much. It's new coach. There's not the same rivalry. It's not D'Antonio versus Arbaugh. It's a new guy in there. Yeah, he was a Michigan State guy in the 90s and all that stuff. But I think Michigan is not going to care as much. I think they're going to build a big lead and then just sit on it and kill clock and run the ball and maybe kick field goals. Who knows? But uh, Or just go for it on fourth down because they're already up by so much. It doesn't matter if they get it. I think they win by 21. I don't know if they win by 24 and a half. You're cutting it close, though. Yeah, I am. But I think I think Michigan's just not going to care enough to really want to just stomp the Spartans. I hope, I hope you're right. AJ? See, when you make me go before you and Don, I can't pick contrarian to kind of make up games on you. But... <laughs> <clears throat> You need to worry about making up games. Well, they're both picking Michigan. first. <sighs> I, Join oh, me God, on the dark sorry. side, AJ. We got cookies. You know, given what I said about Michigan maybe coming down off of that win Saturday night and being a little bit sloppy, I would tend to say Michigan State, but I just after seeing our defense and their offense, I don't know how they're going to move the ball at all. So penalties, baby. Penalties. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have Michigan. I'm going to take Michigan. 
Don did not take Michigan. Wow. Don's on the mad train. Yeah. Beautiful. Michigan Don Beautiful. is on the mad train. I, I owe Don some cookies. Listen, Michigan will win this game by as much as Michigan wants to. Exactly. And if there was ever any animosity there, they're going to want to stomp out whatever is left of the corpse of MSU. <laughs> they did I cannot, year. I legitimately cannot fathom how Michigan State scores on Michigan outside of fluke bullshit. It, which can happen. You might get three or seven points. Like, your ceiling is 10 points, I think. Honestly. I don't know how. And that's like you got a big pass interference and a roughing the passer and someone got ejected and there was a turnover. Like, I don't know how you score more than 10 points. I, I don't know how you score, like, your offense. Like, if you have to march up and down the field all game against our defense, I don't well, see we know. this year. We've seen I, it for the last two years. We've had the same questions. Flip side, you've seen what we did to Minnesota on offense. Now, we don't know what Minnesota is, and they might not have a very good defense. I'll fully admit that. Do you think your defense is better? Why do you take two minutes to make a pick on a football game? I'm just. This is the most important one. This it's not. Big... We've already discussed both these teams. I... We know what they bring and don't bring. Your side it brings. Would, our side doesn't bring. It would take a spread of forty <laughs> for me to consider picking Michigan State. This is this has forty nine to three, two thousand and six ish, written all over it. Pride comes it does. for the fall, baby. It just does. <laughs> I, Michigan Matt. all day. Matt. Yeah. Urius is in the pen right now. Yep. That's oh, him. Unbelievable. Okay, move on. Beautiful. Beautiful. Game management. He's winning the series tonight. Why wouldn't he be in the pen? Uh, anyway, this game is on the schedule because it's a barren week, actually. There's not a lot of good college football on this week. And Boston College is 4-2. and two. Like, they're not terrible. But they're still 31.5-point dogs against Clemson. In Death Valley. Well, Boston College usually has a pretty good defense. And outside of Clemson's game against is it Georgia Tech where they just bombed on them. They, they haven't really been pulling away from teams like that this year, like you'd expect. So I'm going to take Boston College with the points. It's going to be close, but I think the Tigers cover over the Golden Eagles. Hold on. You mean it's going to be close to the spread, Yes. Right? I, think, <laughs> okay. but I think it's going to be close to the 31 and a half. I think it'll be more right. like 35, but I think Clemson All does right. get it done. As long as you're not saying the game's No, the game's not going to be close. Boston <laughs> okay. College is getting better. Props to the Eagles. They are nowhere near Clemson's level. Yeah, I'm going to hop on the, the Clemson train and just say that they're going to lay the smack down. Don's on the Tigers, too. And it's never – I mean, you're picking the best team in the world to beat up a lesser team. But I, I'm going to hold out with Ryan. Like – it's a lot of points, and I just don't think Clemson is going to have any amount of care in them this game. I mean, Trevor Lawrence already has. Oh, they're going for style points to hold up. off like, Alabama for that one seed. Nothing to play for. Yeah, they nothing don't want to play Michigan in the playoffs. Seed if they don't lose. Exactly. Mm, that's true. That's they don't true. want to be no, that two three. I it's. I mean, they could win by a million, but I'm going to take Boston College. There's just so many points. Uh, we have best group of five game of the week, and Cincinnati. I tends peak of their schedule. They might be on here a few more times this year. Cincinnati might be for real, maybe. And they might be for, well, I'll tell you why during my pick, I guess. But uh, they're ranked seventh in the country right now. We laugh like, holy crap, Cincinnati was ranked ninth last week. Now they're ranked seventh, taking on formerly ranked Memphis before they lost them at SMU. Six and a half point favorites at home, Cincinnati. Uh, you called them frauds last week, but this week they're going to take Michigan's spot in the college football playoff. Give me the Bearcats. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, there has been one thorn in, well, there's been two thorns, but one of the major thorns in Cincy's side over the last couple years has been Memphis. Cincy is going to have Revenge's suite on the mind. Yeah, I'm on that train too. Cincinnati. Don's on that train. And that is going to make it a clean sweep. And Cincy is for real because unlike every other group of five team in the universe, Cincinnati plays defense. Like they legitimately play defense. Yeah, look at their head coach. And you looked, Memphis got down to SMU 24-3 to early, and they rallied back and should have won the game, but they didn't. They dropped by a field goal. Did you see what Cincinnati did to MSU, SMU last week? I mean, they just obliterated them off the rip. There was no just cutthroat from the beginning. This team is for real. And the job that Luke Fickle has done there is remarkable. Genuinely remarkable. And it's great because it validates our last win over OSU. Truly. Uh, Cincy all day. I had to pick for the first time in a long time to fill our five slots of college football a game that did not involve a ranked team. Northwestern Iowa at least is intriguing to me. It should be a close game. But Iowa did not look good last week. Northwestern looked Good last week, but they played maybe the worst team in the Big Ten in Maryland. I don't know what to make of either of these teams yet, and neither does Vegas. Iowa, just two-and-a-half-point favorite over Northwestern. I think it's a sucker's bet to go with Northwestern. I still don't think they're any good, and I think Iowa is a team that's usually at least good enough that uh, a field goal here is, is pretty safe for me. So give me the Hawkeyes. I got Northwestern with the outright win. Sucker. Yeah, I'm going to, given that it's a home game for Iowa, I'm going to lean with the home dogs here and go them to cover by at least Google. I feel like Ryan might be right about it being a sucker bet, but I think maybe the other way. Seeing Iowa just favored by two and a half points, it makes you want to grab Iowa so bad. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the thing. But if week one had any bearing on how this season is going to go for these two teams, Northwestern should absolutely win this game. Northwestern looked so much better than Iowa did week one. And it's not like Iowa played Ohio State week one. I'm going with Iowa just because I don't think both of these teams changed so much in the opposite direction over one offseason. But, man, I do not feel good about this one. And Don is, too. It's Matt's the lone dissenter on Northwestern. But I understand the Northwestern pick, at least. We get to our game of the week in college. The only game that should be, like, super good. Like, both high-level and well-played, I think. It would have been a lot better if James Franklin knew how to coach. If officials knew how to spot a ball and do a conductor replay. But... This is where we are. We got third-ranked Ohio State traveling to Happy Valley in what at one point in time probably would have been a whiteout, but clearly is not going to be. But Ohio State is a 12-and-a-half-point road favorite. Yeah, after Penn State's week one loss, I do think they're going to come out like bats out of hell, which I think would make a difference if you had the crowd on your side. You do not have the crowd on your side. It's just how good are the players on this side of the field against how good are the players on that side of the field. And in that case, Ohio State has way better players 
good enough that they're going to win by more than two touchdowns easily. I feel like most people are going to be picking Ohio State in this spot, and I got some games I got to pick up. I think Penn State can keep this close. I don't think it's going to be a one-score game, but I think it'll be just inside of this spread, maybe like an 11-point game. So I'll go with the Nittany Lions. Wow. I don't think there's any way that Penn State competes with Ohio State. I think they were looking ahead, even with the opening week week game, opening season game. I think they were looking ahead to Ohio State last week. I yeah, I I think they were shocked by Indiana, and they're going to be embarrassed by Ohio State. So, zero and two for James Franklin and his boys. By far the toughest game for me to pick. This spread is gross, and it's kind of it's begging you to take Penn State, but then not too bad. Like. I really wish the spread was like six and a half. Make an easy decision. But it's not. It's huge. And on paper, Ohio State should kill Penn State. Honestly. And Penn State, I said it before the season, I don't understand how the hell they were ranked where they were. They weren't that good last year. Like, they were nothing special. How they were going to take this big step this year, I it didn't see it. And you don't have Micah Parsons. Like, I, they're not that good. Honestly, like I'm far less worried about Penn State than I am Wisconsin when Michigan plays them. All that being said, I don't think Ohio State cares about this game that much. They're getting in and getting out and moving on. Ohio State plays one game that matters this year. One. And that's not till the end of the season. They don't play Wisconsin. Shut up. Oh, at the end of the season when they play Clemson or Alabama. This is Penn State's entire season. As Ryan said, they were looking ahead. Matt said that. If they dropped 0-2 to start the season, it's done. It's a wrap. It is a wrap. Affinito. Penn State and James Franklin, with what little coaching acumen he has, is all going to be on display. Everything they can possibly do is going to be out in this game. My head says it's still not going to be enough to cover the spread. But I got this itch that somehow Penn State, like they somehow managed to do, despite being overmatched, keeps it close with an Ohio State team that does not give two shits about them. And they only lose by 11 points. I, I'm going to take Penn State. This is I heard it. I'm going to take Penn State, though. Copycat. And with that, we move on to the you NFL. You hate Penn State way more than you hate Ohio State. I said you hate what? Penn State way more than you hate Ohio State. Every time you, well, yeah, it's actually a rivalry. Every time you speak about them, there's just such vitriol in your voice that we don't even hear when you're talking about Urban Meyer or Ryan Day or just the Ohio State Buckeyes in general. So I hate Ohio State more, but the difference is I still have a respect for Ohio State. I loathe Penn State, and I have less than zero respect for them on top of that loathing. Mm-hmm. I Load is worse than Ohio hate. State does. We've moved on to the NFL. Can you stop? It's true. I, re- I oh, Gross. Uh, we're going to start with the hottest team in the NFL. That's right. The Detroit Lions. Well, I mean, the Steelers won like six games in a row. <laughs> Shut up. Detroit coming off beating two. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about the trade today. Uh, Everson Griffin. Baby. We don't wow. need to. We're not going to either. Uh, we got time. We can talk about it next week. He ain't playing this week anyway. We beat two of the literal worst teams in the NFL 
decided we were buyers at the deadline because these chum-ass pile of garbage coaching staff in front office wants to save their jobs oh, and win oh, eight no. games this year. <laughs> Why would they want to save their jobs? Unbelievable. All right. <laughs> Giving up draft picks to get some defensive line help because we beat the two worst teams in football. Um, the Lions are three-point dogs at home against an, what has been an underwhelming Indianapolis team that somehow still has four wins anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Lions' defense can get exposed, especially the secondary. I don't think Phillip Rivers is the quarterback to do that. The Lions are obviously playing a, a little bit better. Um, the defense has played a little bit better. They're getting DeAndre Swift more involved in the offense, which is just opening everything else up. And Kenny Galladay is paying like a wide receiver that wants $20 million a year. So because Detroit's at home and they're the dog, I do think they win this game outright. This is an easy pick for the Lions for me. I don't pick this team. I can't trust this team. Nope. Can't trust them. Can't play with them. Can't coach them. Can't pick them. I'll go with the Colts. They've covered at least two weeks in a row. Good for them. I'm. Uh, I was thinking the exact same thing. Ryan's thinking. Um, outright win for the Lions. Matt, you're on an island here, which is weird that we're all, including Don, backing the Lions. But the Colts don't have Julio Jones. They don't have Calvin Ridley. They don't have Matt Ryan. They don't. Have, uh, J- Taylor might be better in Gurley at this point, but they don't have any of the above things to punish us with. And their defense is whatever. I'm confident Stafford can get it done. Uh, I just, I'm not impressed with Indianapolis. I'm not impressed with Detroit either. I mean, they beat like not that good of teams. And they win games they shouldn't. And they win games to hurt us. So that's what they're going to continue to do is win stupid games that they shouldn't. At least not lose by more than a field goal. uh, Especially at home. Uh, Moving on. uh, Big injury news in the NFL. OBJ is done, so. His knee is shredded in pieces. And uh, there is a contingent of people out there. I think this might be better for Cleveland. I think Baker might be a better quarterback without him and addition by subtraction. Yeah, like Stafford without Calvin. I don't – shut your mouth. I don't necessarily disagree with that because OBJ is overrated. Receivers in general are overrated. And their offense makes more sense without OBJ in the fold. Feed your monster in the backfield. Run play action. Hit everything that's open instead of trying to feed OBJ with deep shots downfield. That's not your game. Las Vegas, very up and down, 3-3 three and three this season. Cleveland's got five wins. Four wins. Five wins? Four wins. I don't even know. I don't have a rent. I think they have four wins. The three-point favorites at home. I think they picked up five. Maybe not. Man, I think Vegas is just a better team. I don't know if there's an injury off the top of my head that I'm not thinking of. I still don't like Cleveland, and I do like them less without OBJ, and I don't like them very much with them. So I'm going to take the Vegas Raiders for another dog outright win, and uh, I might actually end up parlaying the Lions and the Raiders this weekend. Uh, losing by a million to the Bucks did not did not help their cause. No, we, but we've talked about how the Bucks are on the rise. Tom Brady is on the rise, although, and we should definitely have a discussion, especially if he continues it this week, on if Brady has fought his way into MVP conversation with the numbers he's been putting up recently. But that's a discussion for another time. Uh, I do think the Raiders bounce back from that ugly loss against the Browns this week. I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a hell of a game. I think Derek Carr is going to manage the game well enough, and I think the Raiders walk out of mistake by a lake uh, with the victory. 
Yeah, I think the Raiders, I'm picking them to out, outright win as well. So Don's the lone dissenter. Don's going to be the only one picking the Brownies. And uh, I'm a little bit surprised. Um, I thought there were a lot more believers in the Browns. I guess we're not among them. Um, I've talked all year that I think Las Vegas is a solid team. Like, they're a decent football team. There's a lot of ups and downs, as they're want to do. I'm on Vegas, too. We have an interesting game because it's Tua time. And it's Tua time a lot earlier than I think anyone expected. And certainly a lot earlier than it should be. And I think we touched on this last week a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, The way Fitz... I don't want to say lost the job. You didn't lose the job. You just, they decided they wanted to go with the rookie for whatever reason. Um, they got a lot going on in Miami, building a little bit. They got a nice running back in miles Gaskin. They're really trying to build for the future and they're trying to accelerate it for God knows what reason, but they are. And they're hosting the Rams who just embarrassed Chicago last night. Oh my God. That was gross. And I think most of us picked Chicago too, which made it even worse. Like literally all of us, except Matt. Uh, the Rams are four and a half point road favorites in Tua's first start. Are you guys believers in Tua on his first start? No. And I love Tua. Tua is my guy. I wanted him here. But the last person that you want to see as a rookie quarterback on the other side is Aaron Donald. Um, and you even got you know Jalen Ramsey back there covering so I don't think Miami put them in a very good spot. I know it's coming off of a bye week, but I'm going to take the the Rams in this game following their big Monday night win. And I think Miami is out of their damn mind to start him. I will roll with the Rams. Um, for me, I'm on the Rams too. I don't think Tua can do enough. I like the way that they handled that situation was just, I think, poor, given what Fitzpatrick had been doing over the last couple of weeks and. I don't think that bodes well. Um, I don't think it bodes well for two. I don't think it bodes well for the organization, especially this week against the Rams and that defense. So the Rams will cover by at least a touchdown. And that will be our second clean sweep of the week. I you, You're starting a rookie against the Rams on a team that's not good. It's not like you're starting a rookie – with the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't see any reason for Tua to even be starting this week. Like, they're There's a game not. out of And you're starting a rookie in Miami twos. against the Rams, yeah. who are getting better every week, and who that defensive front that you're going to have to – I mean, he's got to deal with Aaron Donald bearing down on him, trying to throw in the direction of Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, like, it's not going to be good. What are you doing? This is your first – and he's – listen, Tua's great, right? Like, he, well, he might be. Like, he was great in college, and you hope he can be something in the NFL. But, dude, this is his first start. Yeah. I can't believe the Rams are only favored by four and a half. Miami's not that good. Tua's not that ready. I Rams by a million, dude. A million. Uh, game of the week in the NFL. All eyes on this one. Always been a big rivalry. Super, super big. I mean, if Pittsburgh wins this game, they've got to be... I mean, you could argue they'd be the favorites in the AFC if they win this game, right? I mean, they'll be six or seven and zero with great wins. They'll have beaten Tennessee, who is a contender in the AFC, and they'll have beaten Baltimore, a contender in the AFC. And the only team they want to play is the Chiefs. So if they can pull this off, man, Vegas doesn't think they're going to. Baltimore is three and a half point favorite at home in this game. Man, yeah, that in this game, ooh, that that you know, I was just say that that half point hook scares me because I do think it's a game that Baltimore 
actually should win. And I don't know um, what Lamar's done against the Steelers, but I, I also know the Steelers haven't been very good the last couple of years. And this year, they're very good. I still do, I still do like the Ravens in this game for whatever reason, but I just feel like it's going to be a, a slugfest and it's going to be a three-point game. So if I'm getting the points and Pittsburgh might be the better team anyway, uh, give me the Steelers. Sorry, sorry, Lamar. I know. Sad. Yeah, I'm on that train too. Uh, Just like Ryan said, this game's probably going to come down to a field goal anyway. So, give me, give me the Steelers. I'm getting a tad concerned. And actually, looking through the entire pick sheet, there has not been a lot of dissent this week. This is our second clean sweep in a row. I. It's either going to be really good or really bad. The way they dismantled Tennessee last week was beyond impressive. I think I thought last week was a game they were really gonna miss Devin Bush in. And I mean, yeah, they missed him, but they didn't miss him the way you thought they were going to. And again, you look at this week, like they don't have Devin Bush out there to run with Mark Andrews. They don't have him to fill up the running game and be end field to field. But they look really good. And I don't believe in Baltimore at all. I don't believe in Lamar Jackson at all. This game opened, they were five and a half point favorites, Baltimore was, which is crazy to me. And it's dropped two points, and it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, man. I There's no, anything can happen. Baltimore's a good football team, but no way in the world three and a half points in my pick in Baltimore. I'll take Pittsburgh all day on that one. And we cap with another west divisional showdown this time it's the nfc west instead of the afc west we got san francisco who looked very good this week traveling to seattle who looked very knock this week as bad as they can look their malign defense that has had problems all year russ the arguably best quarterback in the nfl looked like not the best quarterback in the NFL this weekend. Through three picks, costly, costly picks too. One of which would have been a pick six if DK Metcalf didn't make one of the most impressive chase downs yeah, that was something on else. a football field. But Seattle's three point favorite. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Russ not being the best quarterback in the NFL last week. He wasn't even the best quarterback on the same field last week. Shout out Kyler Murray. Man. <laughs> I I don't like San Francisco, and I do think a lot of what uh, well a lot of what Arizona was able to do, they were able to run on Seattle and San Francisco. They're not going to have most there. They're not going to have um, McKinnon. I don't think they're going to have Jeff Wilson either. So they're they're putting a lot on Lamichael Hasty, Jim Michael Hasty. I don't even know know the young man's name, uh, and I probably think they're still putting a little too much on Jimmy G. I don't think Russ is going to go out and lose back-to-back games. Three might be a little bit much. I would like it way more at like two and a half. But I'll, I'll take Seattle in this one and Russ and Lockett to keep that Everything. magic going. Everything you just said, Ryan, of all the players that the Niners are missing, including Debo Samuels, the top of that as well. I don't know where the offense is going to come from for the Niners, even with this terrible defense that Seattle has. I don't see the Niners staying within three of this one, so I'll go with the Birds. Yeah, I'm jumping on that train with you. I think the Seahawks will rebound. Ryan, you're on an island. No, they both just picked the Seahawks. Oh, and I picked the Seahawks. Oh, 
Oh, my bad. All right, this so, is a problem. It's this also a, really a Carlos Hyde revenge game, isn't sweep it? Three in a row. This is a really big problem because we are lockstep three games in a row, four for the week, and there's a bunch where there's only a lone dissenter. Like it's, man, what a wild week of picks. I Seattle's a lot better than they looked last week. Now, what Seattle should be doing is trading literally whatever draft picks New England wants for Stephon Gilmore. They need to shore up that defense. And uh, you can't ask Russell Wilson to score 60 points a game every week. And he didn't help last week either. But, man, I look for a huge bounce back for them. In San Francisco, I'm a lot higher on than most, especially Ryan, than I was last year. But this is a Seattle bounce back game to me. I'm not as worried about San Francisco running the ball because I think their scheme and their offensive line, it doesn't matter as much who's running the ball. Uh, but they are down a lot, and this is just up-down. San Francisco was great last week. Seattle wasn't. I think we're going to reverse that. And I'm with you guys, literally all of us, three games in a row now, same pick. And that concludes our picks. So I don't know how much is going to change next week. Oh, you see all the times I was a lone man on the island? That's what's going to change, baby. We're going to lose all those games. <laughs> me, me and Don do have... One way or Don the other. Are, me and Don are leading first, and we have three games that are different. So one of us guaranteed will not be in first next Unless week. there's one a push. Are, or Matt could make up ground. Could make up ground. We will find out next week. Ryan, <clears throat> do the thing. Hey, we'll also find out if uh, Seattle did trade for Stephon Gilmore because the deadline is next Tuesday at 4 o'clock. But regardless, I mean, not even really regardless because if the Lions make another big move, you can, guys can find us on Detroit Sports Nation, Facebook Live. This is where we'll post our YouTube videos, all of our reaction videos. Got got a few more of those in the in the tuck, if you will, coming. So make sure uh, definitely do one after Saturday as well, after Michigan uh, pounds down on Michigan State, just like they did last year. Uh, so you can find us there on YouTube, and then you can find us on Podbean and iTunes as well. That's going to be Sports Carnage Podcast, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-R-N-A-G-E. I had to make sure that I got it right. And then podcast. You can probably just type in Sports Carnage, and it'll show up. But make sure you guys follow, subscribe, rate, review. Give us all the stars you can fathom. We need them. For Ryan Griffin, AJ Riley, Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Bass, and we are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week. We'll be back with you all next week.